quarter. For the longest time, the four nations have lived together in harmony. Under the wise leadership of Avatar Roku, the world has experienced an era of peace and prosperity unlike any other. But with the recent death of Avatar Roku after his volcanic island erupted, members of all four nations feel the winds and tides of change. With the search for the new Avatar only just beginning, the world seems poised on the brink of conflict. But without the Avatar, who will save the world? Hi, I'm Andrew. I play Marco, a firebender from the Fire Nation. Hi, I'm Archie. I play Aquila, a bloodbender from the Northern Water Tribe. G'day, I'm Brandon. I play Rung Bolo, an earthbender from the Earth Nation. Hi, my name's Bree and I play Sherva, a weapon specialist from the Fire Nation. Hi, I'm Dave and I play Al, an airbender from the Northern Air Temple. And I'm Owen, the dungeon master of this ragtag group of members of all four nations. Hello! Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, for a very, very special episode. Not only is this a, uh, a very special follow-up episode to our Avatar Legends campaign, Embers of War, it is also a special celebration of our 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So thank you so much, each and every one of you who hit that subscribe button. You are all bloody legends. For those of you who have not yet hit the subscribe button, I've got some good news. My eyes are covered. Quickly hit it right now. (laughs) My eyes are covered. (laughs) Quickly hit that button right now. Done. There you go. Perfect. All good. You're a bloody legend. Easy as that. Super easy. If you want to make sure that you are safe and get good Games Pass deals, you also uh, need to hit the like button and uh, leave a comment and Dave will hook you up with some very special Games Pass deals. Is that right, Dave? So I'm getting a... They're all special. (laughs) God damn it. Um... (laughs) <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. It is lovely to see you all here. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, you have not yet seen the very special surprise that uh, we have for you, but we have a very special player rejoining us tonight. Ali, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> You've got to say noises, otherwise the podcast, like genuinely, they've got yeah. no idea that... that <laughs> They're like, this Do you think I've been doing this for long enough? <laughs> Um, I've, I see someone's messaged in chat. No, Andrew. That is Andrew who has messaged that in chat. Andrew, you could be here right now. All you have to do is eat faster and you could be here right now. Um, Andrew is joining us. He is just running a wee bit late, but we've got everybody else here. Um, and Ali, who played Oki for like 60 episodes, I think something like that crazy. How many episodes did you play Oki for? It was a while. Got me. Yeah, a number of episodes. Um, it is it is lovely to have you joining us back for the Q and A special, which is perfect because we do we did have some questions submitted specifically for uh, Oki's character, and I was like, well, hopefully Ali's going to join us. Otherwise, I'll just make this up again and uh, <laughs> we'll just figure it out as we go along. Um, so yeah, massive thank you to everybody who's here. Um, make sure if you have You're any welcome. questions that pop into your mind, chuck them in the uh, in the Twitch chat. I'm going to set it up so that I can see the Twitch chat really really easily. Um, it is now on my left, which is much much easier to see from this position. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, any questions that, that come through that you think of, chuck them in the chat. Otherwise, uh, I've got a whole list of questions that have been submitted by some lovely viewers uh, that I will go through today. If there are um, questions that you have at the end of this or at any point during this, chuck them in the comment section of YouTube. I promise I will answer every single question that comes through. Promise. I'll answer everyone. 
Alrighty. I'm well, just going to put yep. so many dumb on. questions in your comments. You and can, you're going to have to answer every single one. That's okay, because that means there's two comments per one of your dumb comments, which the YouTube algorithm <laughs> sucks up like bin juice by an ibis. So Does that work if it's a bot as well? Oh, uh, please don't. Please don't use bots. <laughs> please, please don't use bots. Please, please, friend. <laughs> please, friend. Um, now, I wanted to start off. This is a question from Captain Britain. Um, this is a question that I wanted to start the stream so, with. I think this is a um, really good. Often? <laughs> you, that is the first question. Amazing. No, the, the first question I have is for each, each one of you, which I will go through right now. Um, what was everyone's favorite part of the campaign? I think it's fair that we start with the people who were there for the entire thing. So, Dave. Ah, good question. Um, before, before I answer that, you, you, wait, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yes. Um, did you disappear for a bit, Owen, and then come back? Or was it just my end? No, it was just you. So I was just talking over Owen, was I? I, I apologized. We didn't it's okay. hear you. It's okay. I don't think it, I don't think it came through. So you're all, you're all good, man. Okay, so it was my end. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so what was my favorite part of the campaign? What was your favorite part of the campaign? Um, okay, well, my favorite part of picking up Avatar of the Last Airbender itself was like the tabletop RPG part of it was like less combat and more social interaction. So it was very personary in a sort of way. And like, that was cool. Um, so learning the system was fun, really fun. And so the first few episodes, have a special place in my heart because they were like getting to know you guys and like doing some fun stuff. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, I think my favorite incident is a draw between the wheels barrow. <laughs> Sorry, um, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was still early in the campaign. It was yeah. still like having a vibe about where we were. And that was just like, that's before any of the spirit shit happened. Thanks to Andrew. But, I am. Um... Like, that was just, Oh, I'm, I'm pleased fun. pleased to great. announce I'm working on a piece of artwork to go on a t-shirt, which is Rung sitting in a wheelbarrow, Al behind <laughs> him pushing, both of them looking a bit sort of like terrified as they're, as they're running along and the, uh, the wheel, it has one at the front and then two at the back. Um, I just thought that'd be really funny. Uh, I'm, I'm working on that character. I've been I've been working on it for a while. I will definitely uh, get that t-shirt out because I think uh, I think I would like to wear that t-shirt. It's pretty funny. <laughs> oh that. man, the wheels barrow. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to have any text though. I think it's one of those things like if you know you know. Or maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe, or maybe, look, I, I, I'd started it like drafting that. Maybe it'd be better to have it as a comic strip where like Rung's looking at the barrow really confused and Arl's telling off, it's not a wheels barrow, you idiots. Maybe that'd be fun. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, one, one image is like a, a clean and simple like design for me. I, I do like the one image idea. Me too. And it, it's a funny one as well. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that because it'd be cool to get some like action uh, artwork of the characters, which I never got around to do. But, um, uh, there's been there's been a bit of an uptake of uh, of some commissions. I've had someone commission 18 pieces of artwork from me, so uh, I'm going to get very practiced uh, <laughs> very quickly. So it'll be good. This is this is good. I'm moving outside my comfort zone. I've gotten very uh, very comfortable doing static character portraits. It's going to be nice to do some uh, some more dynamic stuff as well. That'll be that'll be a good challenge for me. Um, any other favorite moments, uh, Dave? That yeah, is a good one. Wheels Barrow is good. That and the time when we're at the rock. And I'm at the top of the stairs, and she's about to dob us in. And I was just panicking. I was just, I didn't know what to do. I had to do something to protect the others. 
So I, I tried to be as like gentlemanly as I could to begin with, to like prevent her from talking to the guards, but there was nothing I could do. So, so this is the panic, and then the choices I made after that, which I'll canonically apologizes for in the campaign. Um, yeah, I think that was probably. Yeah, one of my favorite moments, just the panic of not knowing what I'm going to do in a split-second decision that comes back to haunt me every time. <laughs> Look, I, I have to say, I think my favorite part of that, because I went back and I was listening to some of the highlight reels um, just to make like a little highlights video, and the look of genuine fear on your face when I'm like, what do you, what do, you do, Dave? And you're like, I push him. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. It. So even before that, I think, I think it's like, what do you do? I'm like, how could you leave me? And just like start crying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. It was outstanding. Yeah. Um, Brandon, are there any standout moments or favorite moments from the campaign for you? So that was one of them. That stays rent through my mind. It's the <laughs> gaslighting and pushing someone off of the stairs. Can't oh. get rid of it. Uh, it's gotta be like our meme. Like this is like something about that first area we were running around in. Like just burnt core memories in my mind. Like early sessions, but it was the multicultural hub of the desert. That is just a meme that I feel like has always come back around. <laughs> and any time there's a chance to say it, going for it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, had staying maybe. power. It turns out I didn't expect it, but that did have that did have staying power. That hung around a lot longer than I ever expected. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, and then there's going to be like it's not a moment, but like a thing from back then is Pung. I feel like Pung was always a looming threat that never actually eventuated, but was always there at any point. Don't don't Thought worry. Thought he died to a sandworm, but maybe he's not dead to the sandworm. I don't know. So it's the scariest part. Pung Pung <laughs> was kind of part of the political intrigue campaign, and and a bit of a comic <laughs> relief character that I put in for you guys to kind of like have interactions with and and to like. He was obviously designed to be hated uh, and loathed by all of you, clearly. Um, but then when you pushed him into the dead, <laughs> the sandworm, I was like, <laughs> well, we got to murder quite quickly. I wasn't expecting this. And then when the wish happened, I was like, oh, this is a perfect chance to bring Pung back. And then I sort of kept him in the sidelines in case we ever did return to the uh, political sort of like side campaign that was originally the idea for the main campaign. Um, I have now actually written him into a larger story. I'm not going to say too much more about that. There's some fun announcements I'm going to say for the end. Uh, but don't worry. Um, if you want to find out what happened to Pung, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to do so. I'll reveal a little bit tonight because there were a lot of questions about Pung. I will get to those, but um, <laughs> I can't answer all of them. Some of them are a, a wee bit spoilery. Um, but yeah, don't worry. You I, I want to make sure we do eventuate <laughs> Pung's menace. I want to make sure that we, we get to uh, get to experience the full Pung. You just get the award. But uh, <laughs> last one is going to be Chin Village knocking down their big oh, statue. <laughs> that felt great. That was... Yeah. F those guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, 100%. Um, alrighty, Bree, as you take a, take a drink of water, I'm just going to throw a question at you. No, that's fine. Um, it's really, really hard to pinpoint like one part that I liked more than the rest. There, there are like so many little, like just little references, like Mister Library, Will's Barrow, Al <laughs> Gaslighting, um, yeah, the, the throwing a bung into certain doom. 
Um, Chin Village was a good one. Re referencing the pirate um, ships as like Kmart and Big W and Target, I think they were. <laughs> um, they, like there was just <laughs> there was so many like little moments that they all kind of have just amalgamated my mind to like just an awesome experience. Um, I definitely loved probably the Halloween episode the most. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, and I, I liked a lot of the more recent campaign stuff more so because I felt like I was really getting into it and I was like getting better with the role play and the talking and all, the, all that stuff that I've never been good at. Like I used to love D&D because of the combat. You didn't have to talk. You didn't have to do anything. Uh, this, this is system, so different yeah. to that. <laughs> this is all role play all the time. And the more that I kind of learned how to do that, the better combats became, the better experiences became. And yeah. I feel like as a whole, we all grew a lot in that space. So I loved a lot of the later stuff, but I think the Halloween episode is my absolute standout. That was so much fun. Yeah, we've we've had a few people message back about the Halloween <laughs> special. Um, given that I sort of threw that together in a couple of hours and improvised about 70 to 80% of it on the spot... Um, I'm really stoked that you guys enjoyed it. That's fantastic. We will find ways to do more horror with uh, with Avatar Legends. That actually leads nicely into one of the announcements towards the end of our next campaign, um, which is going to be a bit darker than uh, than Book One: Embers of War. Which is interesting because we did manage to somehow make it quite dark. Um, yeah, there's it's going to be a bit more of a yeah, some more some more horror elements. Um, obviously, it's there's some. I want to play a game. <laughs> no, puppets are creepy. Yeah, puppets are creepy. We'll discuss this. <laughs> Speaking of puppets are creepy, Archie. No, he's he's busy. That's okay. Ali. He's eating nuggets. How many how many nuggets is he eating so far? Everyone keep count. Keep I've count of the nuggets. I've I want eaten a, three. I, I want a live nugget count. He's got seventeen 90, to go. Ninety-seven to go. Uh, Ali. <laughs> what were what, some of your favorite moments? The most memorable is definitely just Al throwing that girl down the stairs and all the gaslighting. <laughs> the last just... three steps. <laughs> nah, all in, in my stairs. mind, it's like second story building. Like three yeah. of stairs. It's like the John Wick scene, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got such a vivid vivid image in my mind of like the, the animation style of Avatar but, but the John Wick scene just <laughs> just throw it out oh my god yeah man that's that's outstanding like just even just overhearing um, the scenes with the Ember Island players where you guys are all just impersonating each other <laughs> like I died laughing <laughs> Yeah, Those um, good. <laughs> don't don't panic. There will be loads more Ember Island uh, player episodes. My plan is to have them kind of be like a midpoint in the campaign uh, or quarter point as well, because the 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 fun that we can have with the Ember Island players is is immense. And giving you a chance to mock your other like your fellow characters <laughs> by playing them is really good. Def definitely, we will do more Ember Island players and. Um, I, I have written up a little like uh, guideline for for GMs who are running Avatar Legends on how to sort of like sort out that kind of session. It's it's not very it's not very hard. Like it's just give the players a um, a very uh, 
rough idea of uh, the Fire Nation's goals at that point in time and then just give them the other players' characters and that's it. <laughs> that's all you need to do. And incentivize them. Give them some inspiration points for uh, ruining the other person's uh, image in the public eye and problem solved. But um, It yeah. really helped that you like set it up with the propaganda with me and Marco like early on as well. So like we'd already had that whole set of like, I... we know where this is going to go. We know what the Fire Nation wants. We know yeah. what they know. And then they just knew so much more than we thought they did. I was never expecting choice. you two to rise so much yeah. like to the Fire Nation propaganda oh, machine. Moment. I, 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 I thought you might give a little bit of information, but I never expected you to give that much. And the thing is, like that information you gave them was key for them to actually get interested in the story and then to work really hard at tracking down as much information as they could. You're all so welcome. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was that was outstanding. I was kind of glad that I didn't make that session because the entire time, like, I've just, I never went back and watched the episode, but I just loved the idea that there was this whole story that I physically wasn't there for, and it's just, like, rumours of what happened <laughs> the entire, yeah. like, campaign. I'm just like, I have no idea. What's true? What's real? What's not? Are they lying? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it was, it was outstanding. I um, mostly told the truth. Yeah. I feel like a killer learned a lot about you guys um, <laughs> watching that. During the play? Like, there was a lot of times where I was just like, because, like, I, I, I've only watched, like, bits and pieces before I joined. And I was like, fuck, I'll did that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> not my owl, no way. Oh, man. He's innocent. <laughs> well, at that, and the fact that Al hated us so much for our propaganda and that, he was like, I can't believe you guys would do this. He's literally the villain in this. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> That's a pretty. That's a pretty extreme, uh, extreme exaggeration. I mean, throwing a girl down the stairs is a pretty extreme action today. It's true. That's fair. Uh, I can't, I'm never going to nah, defend she that. Was mean. She was Fire Nation. It's she okay. was Fire Nation. Um, Archie, what was Hello. what were some of your what were some of your favorite moments or favorite moments? You don't have to. You have to. Um, you have to have multiples. You can pick one. Chin Village. Chin Village. Up there. Yeah. Um, both both times. Yep. Uh, both times we visited. <laughs> yep. Um, it was, uh, it was definitely a highlight for, uh, I, I spoke with Andrew. Um, we had planned to go and wreak havoc um, on Chin Village when we realized that time had paused and we could teleport anywhere. Um, that was that was a joint plan. Yeah. Uh, pro GM tip, don't do that. Don't don't pause time and give your players the ability to travel so anywhere good. they want to travel. Don't do it. <laughs> Bad call. Bad call. <laughs> we didn't do too much with it. No. Like, are you sure you want to do that? Let us. It's, yes, it's, it's genuinely, it's genuinely like in that moment, I essentially was like, hey guys, no stakes, be free. Whatever you want. <laughs> Which given, given that there were stakes and in that moment, you guys, you couldn't exactly see what was happening. It wasn't great storytelling from my part. Ideally, what I should have done is rather than have Yavu go to the um, Western Air Temple, I should have kept Yavu there so that you could see the growing threat you could see him coming through you could see the storm clouds opening up and, and see the damage he was causing which i realized part way through that when rung went to the western air temple saw yavu growing in power then came back and didn't tell anyone <laughs> that was happening <laughs> that was the moment when i was like all right i need to do something about that um yeah and welcome like, andrew dude from mind blast oh hey also that was like i'll just think back to it now it's like oh yeah that was like we got like the ability from jumper that was cool now look back at it pretty much yeah, yeah pretty much yeah yeah yeah. no that was um in in i that was something i learned from um it wasn't great storytelling from my part because it essentially defocused unfocused all of you instantly in that moment 
and was like, you got, that's, what are you going to do? You've got so much time. Like, don't yeah, worry about it. Not not great stress. So I do. Considering I do the rest of the campaign was like, you have X amount of days until the world collapses. And then it was like, ah, sorted. Fuck. I kind of rolled lucky on that because it was like, a, oh yeah, like Brendan, you have no idea what the Western Air Temple is. Okay, picture it. It's like, okay, roll a thirteen or a fourteen. It was a fourteen. It was it was the maximum possible roll you could have gotten. Uh, oh, I, I see so many hands up. Let's do Dave first, and then we'll go to you, Andrew, because then you can tell us your favorite moment. I, I don't think it was that bad because, like, also we, we we I think as the players we felt the um the campaign winding up, and so it gave us a chance to give some of us a bit of closure on, on some of the things, like. I'm True. very happy I could go True. back and like write an apology letter, uh, play mm-hmm. prank on Monkey Yetsu, you know, like. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that we were going to yeah okay no fair enough good good counter good counter um if if you guys enjoyed it then it wasn't bad gming uh at the end of the day as long as you enjoy yourselves uh i'm not doing anything wrong is the is the vibe i go for if you're not enjoying yourselves that's the moment i need to rethink what i'm doing oh that silence is deafening andrew uh (laughs) would you like to tell us your favorite moment Um, (laughs) or or favorite moments just before that like in that time stop air period I had other plans as well. I wanted to go back to the library. Yes. Yeah, um, you had like this whole training montage idea that you were. Where I was doing. like, <laughs> just no, because I'm like, we don't know how to deal with a actual spirit god that like sort of doesn't want to be like it wants to actually stay here. So I was like, maybe we need something stronger, and that's the only person I know who might help. Um, but there was definitely a sense of urgency still in the time stop. Because mm-hmm. I still felt like we needed to do something quickly. Okay. I just yeah, it was didn't because Owen told us we had two sessions left. But, I also yeah. felt yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> we could have dragged it out, let's be honest. We let's dragged it out for how many you sessions? It was only going to be a 30 session campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you could just like Goku hide away in a planet somewhere in like a time. Like, it, was a, it was a suggested I'm, time, oh, like yeah. two sessions. Yeah, yeah, get into it. What's, what is it? The, the time chamber? Hyperbolic that? time chamber. Yeah, the hyperbolic yeah, time yeah, chamber. Yeah. Hyperbaric um, rhyme chamber. <laughs> I love DBZ abridged. Um, Andrew, favorite moment? Okay, Willsboro is definitely up there. I, yeah. I like. <laughs> I, like. I'm like, yep, that's up there. Um. <laughs> I wish then I was that funny I'll intentionally. Throw, <laughs> Not just I'll a dick. Throw me into the it's just what you mean. Arctic fox. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. That was good. So it sounds like our favorite moments are when Arl acted very unevened. Like, really, <laughs> I also really enjoyed my first session messing up telling my father what needed, like the message I said to my father. Oh. Like being really vague, vague with it. And I like... Yes. It sort of sent the wrong message, but I knew what I meant, and it was just yeah. a shit show, and I loved it. It's so funny you bring that up because that was one of the that kind of relates to one of the questions, and and I guess this is a good time to ask it. Um, let's let's do that question. What was the original plan for the campaign, the political intrigue one? That's from Tab U, and this question follows on from it, so I'm going to include this as part of it, which was what was the deal with the Dai Li? So both those questions are from oh. Tab U. Um, the political intrigue campaign was going to be very much a conflict between the Fire Nation and the Earthbenders, with the Water Tribe and Air Temples kind of being brought in towards the end as um, the uh, Fire Nation begin to kind of expand and take a, a, a few more aggressive actions in their effort to get through the walls of, of Ba Sing Se. Originally, the only reference I was going to have to spirits was the Lion Turtle uh, scale tablet, which was uh, going to be uh, a tablet for uh, 
an earth spirit of some sort at this point in the time at this point in time i hadn't actually fully fleshed out exactly what that spirit was going to look like but it was going to essentially allow the fire nation to get through the walls of Barsing, say to access the tunnels underneath to navigate through them using the spirit and then get up into the the outer city of Barsing, say um obviously that never happened uh, <laughs> because we had the campaign go in a completely different direction um the good news is this was a much better campaign in the end than what I had originally planned for the political intrigue campaign. Um, I've gone back and rewritten a large section of that ready to go for a future campaign. Um, the, there will be a lot more with that. Um, the The message that you gave your father, Andrew, that, that, you, that Marco gave his father, beautifully set up a domino effect in that moment that actually would have eventually led with your father being blamed for the failure of the Fire Nation in that moment. And I was very, very excited by that. And and your actions during that campaign could have pushed it further that way or, or returned it back to being on General Zhao. But when you guys like fled the Dai Li, when you escaped into the desert, and then when you ran away from the Earth Nation soldiers, like you were really painting yourselves as fugitives, which was so good and so damaging for your father. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, there was, was all those like wanted posters up everywhere. Yeah, that, that, as well. But I also so... fucked up and said the wrong name. So yeah. here's a massive spoiler. Marco, your father wasn't actually dead. General Zhao had taken wait, him prisoner wait. and was setting him up as the fall guy. You fucked up so much for no reason. One of, one of my favourite reveals was that at no point was your dad dead. I didn't mean, what do you think? So, no, no, no. It Wait, d- so trust when you me. were playing mind games with him, saying, like, what's going to happen when, like, you get, like, you fix this wish stuff? Like, is your dad really going to be alive? Like, he was going to be alive the whole time. There was nothing to worry about. Yeah. So. Andrew <laughs> had an existential crisis <laughs> over that. I'm so sorry. Um, so I had, only, like, a full panic. Only three people <laughs> knew your father was alive. Um one was General Zhao and the two jailers who were keeping your father prisoner. The idea was that when you got to Ba Sing Se, there would be a rumour about a Fire Nation prisoner in a camp in Ba Sing Se and that you would go and investigate and realise your father was alive. Obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> Other decisions were so made. You so angry. <laughs> the city, I guess. So, so what, but your wish, I want to fix my mistakes. You can see why my immediate response was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this could be interesting. Um, so what that what I had that interpreted as because you rolled so highly so on the percent. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been sitting on this information this whole time. So what that what that information what what that wish did um, was rewrite the conversation with your father. The mistake was actually it did two things. I had it. I had to actually do two things. And this was one of the other questions: was what what did the wish rewrite specifically? It rewrote two things because you specifically said mistakes plural so it was always going to be more than one yep um the first one was you following general zhao to the um fire nation ships yes rather than following him um you actually went discreetly rather than like and you took sherva with you so you didn't go alone you went with sherva and rather than going with him like with him aware of you and having him move with you you both of you actually infiltrated and found out this information by yourselves and you were able to get the information off the desk that didn't help your characters because your knowledge was still locked as to what you had mm-hmm. had before the wish because if you if you change your own timeline then you would never have made the wish in the same way you would have yeah. done it so your, yeah. your information has to stay static but it changed your conversation with your father 
So now your father is warned about General Zhao and is able to avoid being captured by him because you've already pre-warned your father about this happening. Which is why your father, when he had that conversation with you outside the walls of Barsing, say, kept trying to hint and find out what you knew, but you didn't know anything. And so he ended up abandoning the conversation because he didn't know what to do. He didn't... He, but he, because the conversations he would, that he had had with yeah, his Marco... was different to your conversation. You see the shit I've had to like have in my head for this? <laughs> So that was that was one of the big things. So they were the two main things that changed. The other minor thing it changed was you didn't pull um, uh, the seat away from Pung. Oh. Which is why Pung never hated you and why your characters never fed him to the sandworm because your interaction with Pung at the dinner table was far more chill. And so your characters never had motivation to just flat out murder a man. So that's why Pun. Okay, that's still debatable. His voice really. Yeah. So so rather than Pun kind of like getting cross and staying around longer, he left dinner when he meant to, rather than rather sticking than around and, and complaining. And he never got caught with you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that, that that also were, kind of explains why we then when we met up with him like later, he didn't have like ill intent towards us yeah he he was just like he wanted information from us but he wasn't prepared to just murder us kind of thing no Whereas he didn't he didn't he have had anything been fed to the sandworm and somehow survived that which i think is what we all thought happened yeah. um yeah he would have been he, much he more would have murdered us on site yeah, yeah 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 um the other thing as well is that sherva wasn't with you guys because yeah. that conversation with your father your father then spoke to sherva and had sherva um, doing some reconnaissance and trying to get some more information and trying to keep scouting around. Because in that moment, once he now knows that General Zhao is potentially working against the interests of what he sees as the interests of the Fire Nation, he then needed Sherva to uh, to go and uh, get some more information for him and to, to go and start speaking to some of the guards around the place and to warn them that there so might be an attack by the Fire Nation. I was just never at that dinner. So you were never at the dinner in the uh, What in the did our original time. bodies know then? They find out (laughs) there. That is a very good question. Yeah, a a bit of extra information of mostly just Sherva and Marco, um, because I assumed that you wouldn't have just shared this with some random teens that you met uh, at the kitty table of. uh, No, we were so hesitant to even talk to them in that first instance of. We were like, "Ah, keep it all silent. That's probably one of the big ones I've been sitting on for quite some time. Um, that does feed into what were the Dai Li up to. Um, the Dai Li were in the process of launching a coup to try and take control of the Earth Kingdom. Um, the Dai Li uh, had a bit of a read through the law, and it sounds like that ever since Kyoshi, um, the Dai Li kind of started losing their way pretty rapidly. And um, there were a numerous there were numerous times where the Dai Li kind of seized power and took control of things that they never were supposed to to do. Um, they ended up actually getting rid of the Earth Sages at some point, I'm pretty confident. Um, that was the Dai Li who were responsible for that. So so the Dai Li were essentially making a grab for the throne. Um, obviously, that was doomed to fail because in the, in the normal history of Avatar, when the Fire Nation attack um, the Air Nomads, that kind of rallies the Earth Kingdom soldiers and gets them much more on the defensive and the Dai Li lose their opportunity to take control of the throne. But this was the beginning of the Dai Li's plans and that whole political entry campaign was going to be the Fire Nation and the Dai Li working against with each other betrayal backstab kind of playing off each other to further their own goals both of them having the goal of take Barsing say and rule over the Earth Kingdom so same same goal but different strategies for it um, not to say we won't explore that in a bit more detail later on 
as I said, I've got some fun announcements for the end, but yeah. Um, did you guys have any questions in relation to that or should we move on to the next one? Um, Is your question, do I have any other big bombshells that I'm sitting on? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah. Um, I do. I'm, I'm still racking my head around this, don't worry. It's still... Sorry, another thing. Wait, Ali? I was just gonna say, was all this timey-wimey stuff, was that all planned from the beginning? Or Fuck no. This- no. Oh my God, I was I, I was sitting there that. shitting my pants when Andrew's I like, undo my mistakes. That. I'm like, oh my God, he's making a time wish. He's he making had to a rewrite the entire campaign wish. one night. <laughs> all because yeah. I thought my father was dead. You're like, I'm gonna start a new campaign, it's gonna be fun. Quick thing, we're gonna try out this yeah. whole Avatar Legends thing. Six episodes. You know what, I'll, 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 I'll drop the wish spell in there, but they'll have, they'll ask for like cake or sandwich. What, uh, so so the whole the whole wish thing, I should, this this is a question that I, I should, I can't answer now. Actually, no, look, I'll get to this later. The, the, there is a question about the, the whole wish thing okay. and how it was set up, but uh, no, at no point during any of the sessions up until the moment Andrew said, I wish to undo my mistakes. Did I ever plan on there being anything to do with time? Did I really ever plan on there being anything to do with spirits? The whole whale spirit of the desert and the the fish spirit, that was a throwaway bit of set dressing to get them interested and engaged with the world. I genuinely just put it in because I thought it would add a bit of like depth to the world. And I thought, oh, I love the idea of this like ancient desert that was once a coral reef. And so the spirits still remember it. And maybe in the spirit wilds, it's still an inland ocean. I thought, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Andrew, I see you have a question. Um, so I was totally not expecting any of that. And then when you threw it at me, I was like, I'll take the shot. Because I was just expecting there to be like spirits, like tossing like little bits here and there and be like, oh, it's going to have something maybe to do with the future. Or this is what my character is now interested in. That's where they're going to go with you... their future. I, I didn't. It and then was you never threw the in... whale at me, and I was like, "What's wrong?" <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you bait a small hook, you get a small response. If you bait a big hook, you get a big response. It turns out, um, I, I never ever intended it to be anything other than this is a kind of cool, interesting bit of background. And then because Andrew was so interested and so excited in it, I was like, "Well, I'm I'm not gonna." I, I need to reward this. Anytime the players showed any interest in anything, I immediately doubled down on it. Because I was like, great, fantastic. You guys are interested. Let's explore that area. Like, because it's their story, not mine. Bad and uh, I had to improvise. So, so Andrew's, Andrew's, that whole episode when Andrew made the wish, that was fully improvised on the spot. I'm sitting there <laughs> shitting my pants as my frontal lobe starts to heat up from having to like sort this out. Because I never expected, I never expected them to A, make like a time wish for a start. I, I don't know what I thought. I really, genuinely, I don't remember what I thought would happen. I never expected it to be undo something I've already done. I never expected that. I think in my mind, I thought it might be something like um, save my father. I thought that one might be the case, in which case that would have been perfect. He would have just been taken out of the prison. And so I had a, I had a little contingency plan for that. See, I thought know. he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> but save would have still worked. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, Bree, I see you've got a question. It's not like so Mad much. Whale's name for it. It's just throwing this out there. Just the wish fish for the whale. Good old wish fish. What <laughs> of that wish fish is a brilliant I, name I, for the whale. Yeah, like so. Is that, I mean, that whole that whole sequence um, describing the tiny ghost fish that was a little bit inspired by the Netflix Love, Death, and Robots. There's one of the episodes where yeah. you see, yeah, yeah. So it was I'd I'd seen that probably like a month earlier, and I found that so visually striking that episode with all of the the spirit fish, and I thought, oh, that's really cool. I love that. I'm going to just include a couple of spirit fish because 
when else am I going to get a chance to, to use this and visually describe this? Um, I did not expect it to become the entire center of the campaign heading forwards. Um, but hey, you got to roll with the punches as a GM. And uh, sometimes sometimes it's a punch, sometimes it's a fucking sledgehammer through the middle of your campaign. You just pick up the pieces and carry on, my friends. You just you just carry on. There's uh, there's nothing else you can do. But but yeah, any anytime you guys showed any interest in anything at all, I was immediately like, ah, oh, yeah, more. <laughs> Please. Mm, yum, 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 yum. Oh, um, my God. So I didn't really have a question. I just more wanted to say, like, Go. bad fucking props to you as the GM. Because, <laughs> like, the fact that you went into it with an idea, like, a, pretty much a story. Like, you never tried to railroad us. You never tried to get us to stick to any kind of structure. Um, a little bit. Sometimes you were like, no, we're going here this time, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, remember, you've got X amount of days left. <laughs> Come on. But you <laughs> you never once made us feel like we had to follow a structure, that we had to do certain things, say certain things. It was all very, very organic. And the fact that you were able to just make that shit up on the spot, <laughs> mind-blowing. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you. I uh, I really love improv. It's uh, it's probably one of my one of my Wait. origins for, you yeah, know, no shit. Um <laughs> I mean, improv is kind of where I come from. Uh, I used to do a lot of improv drama, and whenever I did debating, I was third speaker, which is the one where you have no prep. You just stand up and tear yeah. apart the opposition's arguments for fun. Um, my favorite. So uh, I, I really love improv, and I always love to throw myself into it. But, I, yeah, I, I never, ever want to railroad as a DM. I The way I kind of design stories is rather than writing a narrative, I write characters, their motivations, the world and what consequences will happen as each thing happens. And that way, rather than having... So, like, for example, General Zhao had a very set goal. His goal was to get glory for the Fire Nation, glory for himself, and get through the walls of Ba Sing Se. So the next question was, how is he going to do this? And then literally all I then have is an idea of what he wants to achieve, what, what the easiest way for him to achieve that is, or how he's going to achieve that. And then whenever you guys make decisions, I can then have him react to them organically. So the story is always kind of evolving and, and whatever you do changes the story and how I respond rather than having on day six, General Zhao will activate the thing and break through the walls. I, I try to always have the world be reactive to you. And I try to do that for D&D as much as possible as well because that's a much more engaging system, hopefully for you guys, but also definitely for me. And it challenges me to always give you consequences for your actions. So no matter what action you take, no matter how small, there's always a consequence. Positive, negative, neutral, you don't know. And it always, it then also gives me opportunities to have things like the Ember Island players come back 30 sessions later, having <laughs> spoken to you once, gone, oh, this is a great story. What's our motivation? We want to tell a great story that furthers the Fire Nation's interests. But these people told us a story that sounds like it very much furthers the Fire Nation's interest. Let's find out more about them. Because <laughs> then it's always just reacting to you guys and reacting to what you do. Um, it's, I, I'm not going to say for a second it's the best way to GM, but it's the best way for me to GM. Definitely works well for me. It's, it's my favorite way to GM. Well, we've got we've got a lot of questions and uh, I'm conscious of the time. We've answered uh, out of the 48 questions, we've answered three. So, uh, oh good odds. Good speed odds. round. Speed I, 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 actually, I actually want to take a quick second to go back one question. Go. Go, go, go. Um, another favorite moment was the reveal that Akila was working with um, Yavu. Mm. Um, that was all that Archie. Was, that, that was, was all Archie. Twist. Yeah, the, the play you guys did between the two of you, I never saw it coming. It, it, it blindsided me. I was just like, oh, cool. And you play a character. He's going to be great. He's going to be an ally. And bang. 
No, that was, that was all Archie. I, I said to Archie, I was like, what sort of character do you want to play? Do you want to be on their side? Do you want to be against them? And Archie's like, against them. <laughs> I want yeah. to ruin their lives. Um, to be fair, that was mainly um, to destroy Andrew. Yes. Uh, was nothing yeah. on you guys. Specifically That's, Andrew. The retribution arc, though, and then the, you know, giving yourself up at the end yeah. was just chef's kiss. Like, that was exactly, I think how that should have gone and and at any at any point at any point archie could have taken that in another direction it could have been a long Mm. con to get back in your good graces to then go against you um we, 100% we what I thought he was going to do. Uh, it, was, it was pretty close. It was close. <laughs> we, we joked in the Discord. Archie's like, genuinely, like, flip a coin. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> it was very close. Um, which does actually answer one of the questions, which I, I will I will throw to you. Was Akila actually goodish in the end or just, yeah, I guess that happens. That's from Tab U. Um, I don't think it was a yeah, I guess that just happens. Archie thought a lot about how he wanted Akila's story to end. We talked back and forth a a fair few times and... um, He messaged most of us, like, privately Uh, as well, like... Everyone bar Brandon. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, I got... (laughs) Exclusion. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. I'm just like, I'm like a mushroom fed on shit get in the dark, you know? Oh, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect for an earthbender. Um... So, so I had to be surprised by the decision. That, that oh, is a, good to me, though. That is a good question. Archie, I, I guess I throw that to you. Was Akila goodish in the end? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I guess my, 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 my thoughts with the sacrificing myself was that I, Akila had achieved everything that he had set out to achieve in his life. Um, he'd found a place. He'd found friends and family. Um, he found like a place where he belongs. Al had um, forgiven him and accepted him for who he is, and I think he just sort of, by the end of it, he 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 was, his story was done. There wasn't much more of his story to tell, so I sort of, yeah, ended up there. I don't cry, Andrew. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to join forces and be evil together. Well, that, I think that, that actually, was also another thought. <laughs> yeah, there was. I know for a fact there was a discussion in the background had by Andrew and Archie about does Akila convince uh, Marco to side with him, gain power from uh, Yavu, and betray the group? Um, that was after the Halloween special where we fought our evil selves, and I was like, man, was cool. he's so cool. Even like, Marco we, is we pretty sick. so much cooler. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, that was a, that was a very good. Uh, I quite enjoyed that. That was quite funny. Um, this this is a question that I love. This is from Lito Torres. Um, thank you, Lito. This uh, genuinely, this is an awesome question. What wish would you have all made if you had beaten Marco to the whale? Right. Easy. I, I would have wished for bending. Uh, yeah. Fair. <laughs> so easy. Would you have specified a type? No. Sweet. Actually, I. I think my character at the moment would have just been like, I wish that I could have some kind of bending ability, just have something about her that was yeah. special. Oh, you but your skills, real good. your skill <laughs> is what like, made you special. The longest whip in the West. <laughs> like anyone can learn those skills if they put in the time and effort and the training and that kind of thing. And that's how she became who she was through time, mm. effort, yeah, discipline, like training her entire life. You can't train bending if you don't already have it. That's so true. And imagine That's a good point. if she had all of those bend, like 
if she had bending of any kind and then also those combat skills, unstoppable. Fearsome, yeah. It, it was very much the difference between like Marco and Sherva, mm. who like hadn't Marco had no training, <laughs> no like, discipline, <laughs> no discipline, but it was still Pretty just there. <laughs> and then there was Trevor who was very well disciplined, lots of training and like kicked ass, but was didn't really ordinary. <laughs> it's a yeah, a euphemism for white male privilege. You just bought it. Yeah, it, it yeah. was. It was very much like here's the here's the golden spoon. Take it. Like Sherva's over there trying to like shatter glass ceilings. Like can't do it though because she hasn't got any fucking bedding to get up there. Like. <laughs> yeah. No. That look. That's that's a, it's a that's. World. <laughs> I'm being booed for a pun I made in chat. Madflower said, I'm a sucker for a non-bender. And I responded with, you mean a sucker? Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. That's funny. You go, I, it's, I, it is canon. You guys don't have a sense of humor. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Brandon, what would Rung have wished for? This is a... A better it's badge a of authority, <laughs> a higher authority. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't know his current badge wasn't it wasn't very good. At that point, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Actually, it was it was broken. Also, a change for stuff. A bigger I don't know, if endless. Was, yeah, I was gonna say like he probably just want like like to be like the chief exporter of coal for like the entire Earth nation. Like his family would just be like the monopoly of yeah. the entire Earth nation's natural resources. That'd probably be his thing. You take so a selfless wish. Next to him. Yeah, a selfish wish, you know, full capitalism. You know, we know it's all good. Uh, no. like, oh uh, my God. <laughs> you sound like sometimes communism's okay in the right aspects, you know, that's all stuff. Fashion dictatorship. I'm just like, I'm playing Brandon oh, Bingo right now and I'm just waiting for him to mention that corruption's really good. <laughs> I've just got my bingo scorecard ready to rock and roll. Jesus Christ. It agrees the palms of some people because it helps everyone, you know. <laughs> so Rung would have been like an early Varric. You would have been like a, a, that generation's Varric oh, from yeah. uh, Legend of Korra. Yeah, he would have been like, like he would have been just as dumb as Rocks as like Varric or something like that. Who like, would have been? Varric was... Varric was a good inventor. Like he, he wasn't dumb as Rocks. Varric was very clever. He was just, he was just a bit of a... um. What's the word I'm looking for? Egocentric? Uh, uh, ego yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Well, he was like any um, very, very rich white man, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't Elon white, Musk. but Elon Musk. he somehow channeled it. Yeah, Elon exactly. Musk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Um, he Archie, probably would have gone for that route. Yeah. Yeah. Archie, what would uh, what would Akila have wished for if he had um, been there? Let's say, let's say in like, this, Akila's there probably, for this. Yeah. Wait, is this... Like, Redemption Aquila answering this, or is this like Aquila of that time period? Ooh, good question. Oh, yeah. What? Two very what, different wishes would be made. Here. Uh, so, at this, this point, when the wish early. was being made, uh, Aquila was practicing his bloodbending and had just attacked Oki's sister. Oof. Oh, I, uh, uh, <laughs> remember that one, Ali? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe what, maybe what I should ask, maybe what I should ask is, what would Redemption Akila wish for? We've had a suggestion from chat. Mossy Otter suggests more puppets, puppets. living puppets. <laughs> living puppets was basically what I went for with the whole uh, blood, blood bending. bending. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why I went for puppets. Uh, yeah. a, little, a little on the nose. Kind of went well um, how much times you used bloodbending it turned out towards the end. <laughs> if anything, it was a little more on the nose when Yavi literally had strings like a puppet. Yeah, yeah, maybe. 
Um, I just look. Why? Why waste a metaphor when you can hammer your players over the head with it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Had to make sure the Earthbender got it. <laughs> redemption. Um, take the Michael Bay approach. Yeah. <laughs> What's that show? Show don't tell, but Michael Bay is blow up. Don't show, don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a think? See, I can give I, you I, thinking time. I don't. I don't yeah, have to. I, don't have to pressure you. I mean, you only I, had all the thinking time of rung tellings about capitalism. So yeah, but that was like <laughs> I wasn't listening. I'll be honest. Did someone frog. Um, I, 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 I think it. I think at the start it would have been um, for my for my for my mum to appreciate me. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. We had that sort of the yeah. whole yeah that whole. We thing. didn't really get to explore that very much about your relationship with your parents in the end, but uh, that no. Was, no, we didn't. But that was one of the that was one of the reasons that Akila had turned to Yavu was because he, he just felt like he never could live up to the expectations of his parents, the expectation of his society, and so when Yavu offered him everything he wanted in exchange for just a few simple favours, it looked really attractive. And then by the time Akila realised he was in too deep, he was already wrapped up in the strings. He was tangled at that point. It explains the redemption a lot, though. Like you finally found some people who were willing to accept you. Yeah. Unlike yeah. how your family could like we we obviously didn't know that part of it. We were just like, ah, oh, he's hanging around. Oh. <laughs> he feels bad about Oki's sister. Like, like some it. sort of parasite. <laughs> I, I was sort of there like oh shit. Giant leech. I what? was there with him. I was like <laughs> with the uh, heel, I was like, someone who also fucked up and I relate to that. And that's how I sort of saw it, and I'm like, cool. If he can do well, I can do well. I definitely saw him on the same wavelength as you. And because of that, like, I had the instinct to protect him. Because he was basically the waterbender version of you. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but a yeah. bit cooler. A little bit. A little bit cooler. Um, use puppets. Dave, what would what would Carl <laughs> have wished for? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Yeah. So Carl was just happy on an adventure with people who he was becoming friends with. Yeah. Um. Honestly, Al also respects balance, unlike uh, Marco, and um, <laughs> probably wouldn't have wanted the, the spirits up. Um, so I'm going to cop out and say Al would have probably not made a wish. Yeah. Um, oh, sounds about right. If you had boring him, he would have probably wished for facial hair. <laughs> Which is perfect timing because your artwork has just appeared and you just have that bum fluff that I drew for you. <laughs> We've had a good suggestion wish- from chat. Madflower29 coming in. Arl would have wished for more mango tarts. Yeah, probably. That's, yeah. yeah. I wish airbenders could have hair on their head. I yeah. just wish. <laughs> just the face. Just, just the face. Yeah, yeah. I just face. And it's not just airbenders. And it's just Arl's table growing at the age of 16. Um, <laughs> Ali, what would Oki have wished for? It is a hard one. It's probably got more to do with what sent her on the journey in the first place, which is sort of the general power structure of the water tribe. She probably would have wished for it to be flipped or changed up or give everyone like more freedom, like good, a really nice vague wish. Fantastic. So far, you've all done a pretty good job. Quality in the water tribe, like something really vague. I would, oh, that would have been awesome. I feel bad now. You <laughs> got the wish. Because like Rung's, Rung's, like, Rung's thing of I, we want to be the venture capitalist, like ultimate coal mining export import of the Earth Nation, that's pretty specific. 
like Akila um, wanting to have a better relationship with his parents, that's small and pretty specific. You saying I want to like get equality for the water tribe? Oh, there's a lot of room for interpretation there. That would have been you would have been rolling a d20 along with Andrew. That would have been good. But no one else would have made a time wish. Their borders out like they just are freezing the land masses. Yeah, Sherva asking for bending. I can like there's not much I can do. There's four options there. Really, there's only four things I can do. Like specific. You could have accidentally turned me into the avatar. Like whatever. That would have broken canon. While 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 we did stretch the canon at times, I I tried my very very best to keep us. To, I tried my best to make sure that we could fit this into the main story because I am such a fan of Avatar Legends. I love the idea of doing retellings. I think retellings are awesome. I, I, there are times where they're appropriate, but for this, because we're kind of setting it in this empty period of history, I really wanted it to fit in with the world as a whole because mm. I'm really passionate about the story and I don't think I can do a better job than the writers of Avatar The Last Event. In fact, I know that I can't do a better job than them, but what I can do is use the amazing world they've given us and fit in with it and and tell a new story within it that um that i hope matches up with the tone as much as possible <laughs> we, we kind of strayed more into cora at some points and uh banning from nickelodeon at other points but uh for the most part yeah. i think we stayed we stayed pretty good better than series no, two of cora died. thank you Mr. <clears throat> that's very kind that rung would have beaten varic to the hand shoes <laughs> i forgot about hand shoes oh my god that's fantastic oh i love hand shoes so much um, just Andrew. that so I can get the image again. Oh no, don't just Google hand shoes. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google hand shoes. Um, if I knew my father was alive, I would have changed my wish. That's fair. Which, yeah. yeah. But you didn't. Um, I would have. No. <laughs> I would just wish for um, the slowdown of the Fire Nation's militarization. Ooh, yeah. another nice vague one. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, it would have been vague, but that was like my other really big concern at that point. Within maybe... the structure that Owen had made, like that could have just ended up with the Daily taking over yeah, everything. Yep. <laughs> I was just going to say, the first thing that popped in my mind, I was like, oh, wow. So that, that pushes the Fire Nation's plans back by 15 years. Mm. That's the timeline <laughs> of the show. Yeah. Or well, they, slow down, the they slow down attack. the invasion. Yeah. Well, they stockpile arms. The, the Avatar, the avatar so would have like, probably been your wife. the Avatar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it could have been interesting. That would have, that would have been a really interesting wish. That would have been really cool. Um, Ung might I have never gone into the ice. No. Well, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I think that was more of a personal choice. Yeah, but I think was... there was a lot of pressure on him because was... of the stuff happening, wasn't there? I, I don't know. I don't know how much the Air Nomads knew about the Fire Nation's mm. militarization. Mostly it was because, like, the reason Arl fled from my interpretation was because Arl? The reason Ang fled <laughs> was because he felt the pressure of being the Avatar. He felt like he was being singled out from the rest mm. of the airbenders and and it became very isolating for him during this period of time like he really wanted friends his only real friend was monk gyatsu and so being yeah. separated and then finding out that he was going to be taken away from monk gyatsu that's what caused him to flee yeah so i reckon that all still would have happened as long as monk gyatsu is still there and still the same kind of character that he is i think that that was always going to happen at some point right like mm. uh, ang was always going to have to have to try and break free um, I've got a question just for Brandon. Um, this one comes from Captain Britain. Uh, when is Brandon going to buy a camera charger? Have <laughs> <laughs> you been timing? Have you been timing this? You've been timing this, haven't you? I've been waiting till we get to about an hour because I know it's about to fail, <laughs> and I want to look like I'm fucking prescient. <laughs> 
I've been looking at the timer and like, okay, so we, when did we hop on? Okay, it's hopped on maybe at six. We've been going for an hour and three minutes. Yeah. At any point, yeah. your camera is yeah. going to fail. It's, it's got another 10 minutes max. So here's, here, here's the answer to that question, Captain Britain. Um, Ali is going to send me the address of, uh, going to send me their address. I am going to buy from Amazon tonight a dummy camera ah. and charger and send it to Brandon. They're $10, mate. You've got no fucking excuse. He said he say, was going to do gonna it for a thousand subscribers too. So. Well, then no, I'm not going to do it. Fucking do it. We hit a thousand two oh, weeks ago. You said you were going to do it for a yeah, send me, send me, send me a camera model. Send me a camera model. Send me your address and I'll, I'll order an Amazon tonight. I'll send it through. We've already linked dummy batteries in the Facebook chat for him. They're like 10 bucks. I, I just uh, uh, yeah. It's another Android 14s out. Like, just update your phone and then just use that as your webcam. Ah, uh, but you know, I have to like put some press buttons. Press. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that's uh, that's Andrew's special question. I think we've answered that. Um, he's never going to buy a camera charger. Is Thank the answer you. to that? I'm going to have to buy him one. Um, I've got it on charge as we speak. It's ready. It's prepped. Uh, I've got a. I've got one that links back to the Halloween special. I should have. I should have answered this at the time. Um. This is from Crimson Goose. I think the Halloween special was definitely a highlight as a huge horror fan. How likely is a horror-themed Avatar Legends campaign? Um, yes, is my answer. Not We're not going to be fully horror for the whole campaign, but the next... Oh, fuck it. Let's, let's announce it. Our next campaign is going to be set during Kiyoshi's era. Um, it is going to be set during the time when Kiyoshi has been revealed as the Avatar after the wrong person had been the Avatar for like 13, 14 years. Kiyoshi's then re- she's discovered as the Avatar like later on. We're going to be setting it during that period of time. So Kiyoshi hasn't had any of her proper Avatar training. Um, she has been on the run living with um, a whole bunch of miscreants and, and a little thieving guild for a while. Um, and one of, her, one of her friends has been misidentified as the Avatar. Um, it is going to have some horror-themed things. And this feeds really nice into a question that was only just sent a little bit ago. Um, this is from uh, Gav. He wanted to know if we were going to be doing anything with um, Father Glowworm. Yes. If you don't know who that is, there's going to be a lot of fun shit coming. Uh, if you know who that is, keep the secret to yourself. We're going to have some fun with that. Um, probably the most horrifying creation ever in the Avatar universe. Bree, do you know what Father Glowworm is? Do you? Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah, the Flying Opera Company. <laughs> That's right. That's who uh, Kiyoshi's with at this time. The Flying Opera it's Company. It's actually where I thought the original horror episode was going to go. I. So here's the thing. Until about five minutes before we went live, I was going to include a Father Glowworm appearance. Mm. But I was also tossing up how we wanted to do how we wanted to do the the Kiyoshi series and I knew that we were going to do a little a little short series with Kiyoshi's time period before we came back to this one um so I, I ended up in that in that moment just just dropping it completely which was fine because we ended up having enough to do in that episode without me including anything else there was there was plenty to do but um I'm pleased I did because now I mean we can have Father Glowworm be a much more prominent character um there's a lot of fun we can do with Father Glowworm. And and I've always kind of imagined how his voice might sound because I don't think we've ever had him voiced, have we? It's always been um, always been in the graphic novels of the books. Am I right? Have we ever had Father Glowworm voiced? I don't think so. No, I don't think we've ever had him. And, I, and, and like, I've only ever seen concept art as well. There's all these different versions of it. I don't think we've ever had, like, a, a specific... Never, never voiced. Yeah. Brandon, you're muted, by the way, if you're talking. <laughs> My bad. 
<laughs> My bad. I was saying, like, Father, uh, Father Glow sort of reminds me, just by looking at the concept art of him, um, what's the name of the dude from um, Unicorn World? Oh, oh um, the uh, something king, the... Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, got this that Ali made ages ago. The Nowhere dude. King. The Nowhere King, Brandon, right? Isn't it the Nowhere King? The no, yeah, the Nowhere King. Yeah, that's that's how I'm sort of picturing about. Oh, like that is sick. Ellie made the Nowhere King. It's like oh, like we did get a graphic novel appearance. Yeah, I thought we got a graphic novel appearance of Father Glowworm. Mm. It's it's we've definitely never heard him voiced. Uh, I've been playing around with what he might sound like voice. It's so funny you bring up the Nowhere King, Brandon, because I kind of imagine him as being this very like charismatic but sinister figure in the way he talks because he, he's convincing right like that's one of the things that the um that father glowworm is good at is convincing people to uh, to work with him so yeah best villain theme song yeah absolutely so yeah we, we'll there's going to be some stuff with that i i don't have uh, i haven't announced the name of the next uh campaign yet but it's going to be a short campaign during kiyoshi era um a short campaign it is going to be no no it is going to be a short campaign um we are going to do just some stuff yes it is no no it is i'm gonna make a wish no, there's not. I am not giving them access to wishes. Uh, I wish for a longer campaign. But, but I am also very happy to announce that we will be coming back in book two, on coming storm, which will start five years after the end of Embers of War, and it will feature some of the old characters for anyone who wants to play their previous character and some of the new characters, and it will be. Um, it will be uh, characters who already have some special moves and things like that. So it's going to be all of you older. So those of you who take your old characters, um, if anyone wants to take a new character, you'll still get all the same uh, level ups and, and move um, areas. If you wanted to abandon your playbook and start a new playbook, you can absolutely do that too because that's that's encouraged as part of the uh, as part of the system in Avatar Legends. You can actually close off a playbook and start a new playbook whenever you need. So yeah, Oncoming Storm will be can the we, second. Can we, yeah. Can we play a character that was an NPC in this campaign? Yes. Talk, message Library. me. Message <gasps> me. Absolutely. Yes. Mr. Library. Yes. You can absolutely <laughs> play as a character who was an NPC in this. Nomu might be... This This leads nicely onto some questions because you had a lot of questions about Nomu. I, maybe I'll answer them first and you can decide whether or not you wanted to uh, wanted to follow on and play as Nomu. So we had... A, let me just find the question about Nomu. Um, did Nomu find a new library and did everyone adopt his nickname? That's from uh, Tabu. Um, I wasn't sure. Bang, bang, oh God, Pang the PC. Oh, oh please, God. no one. Well, Bree does a good pun. <laughs> pang pun. No. Oh, mate. Um, no one maybe. wants that. No uh, one wants to hear that yeah. voice every session. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. Um, so there was a, there was a question from like from Tabby. Did Nomu find a new library and did everyone adopt his nickname? And then we also had a question about. Um, uh, Nomu as well. What happened to Nomu after um, escaping from the uh, guiding Is wind? Nomu? Nomu. Mr. Library. Um, oh, Mr. Oh, Library. Mr. Library. Uh, so, yeah, the way I kind of had Mr. Library is that given that his research had been responsible for the guiding wind's attempt at kidnapping the Avatar, he would head back, um, meet up with Monk Gyatsu, and then work on finding ways to protect uh, Ung's identity, or Ang, uh, sorry, Ang's identity. I don't know why I'm saying Ung. It's because of Al. I keep like getting them confused in my head. Trying to, yeah, trying to, um, uh, trying to protect Ang's identity and keep him safe from the guiding wind. So, did Nomu go and find a new library? Sure, I reckon Nomu would have found his way to. He could have. I mean, he could have worked at any of the libraries at any of the temples with no problems. I mean, his credentials were spotless. He's called Mister Library for God's sake. Um, 
And uh, would everyone have uh, started calling him that? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's give the people what they want. <laughs> I think he would have started referring to himself as that when he introduced oh, himself. Yeah. Let, let the meat cake. Yeah, he sure. Lost that's his right. own identity. Yeah, he did. Sure. Um, right, I'll be back. That's a win. That's a win, baby. Uh, okay. I've got a question just for this one. This one's just for Oki to start off with. This is just for, for Ali. And then this one, the next one after that is for Marco and Sherva. Um, both of these questions are from Tabu. Uh, Ali, do you think Kurok and Ahini would have become a thing? Do you think they... Oh, his fucking webcams failed. <laughs> um, yeah. Ali, what do you think? Do you reckon Oki... Uh, do you reckon, sorry, Ahini and uh, and Kurok uh, would have been up again at the Southern Water Tribe and do you reckon they would have uh, would have been a thing? I reckon so. Um, I reckon Oki probably would have done everything that she could have to gotten in their way, but I think probably at the end of the... Like, you know, they probably would have. <laughs> That was my question, was uh, would Oki have interrupted? Um, yep. Yes. Nope, fair <laughs> enough. No, absolutely. Because where we left off with Oki and Hini, they were heading to the Southern Water Tribe um, and Kurok was going to meet them there uh, later on. So I think it kind of does make sense that at this point in time, um, Kurok and Hini settle down in the Southern Water Tribe. And, and part of the canon I had in my head was maybe they actually end up being the great-great-grandparents of Sokka, and um and katara because we know on their father's side because we know their mother was from the northern water tribe but their father was from the southern water tribe maybe their father is actually the great grandson of um kurok and Ahini. i thought that could be kind of nice and yeah. a nice connection i, I got some of the personality vibes from kurok and um Sokka's father i based kurok on Sokka's father like just i just scaled him back 20 years <laughs> and was like how would he behave <laughs> <laughs> so perfect that's ideal um welcome back brandon um Brandon, I've got a question here from Captain Britain. When are you going to buy a camera jar? <laughs> um, <laughs> the next question I have is for Marco and Sherva. Um, this is also from Tabu. More shipping, Marco and Sherva? Question mark? No. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Sherva no. Uh, always saw Marco as a little brother and more of a pest than anything. She would have never gained romantic feelings towards him ever. Um... And also, I don't know if anyone picked up on it, but Sherva's a lesbian. Sherva's also uh, clearly into um, the bounty clearly, hunter. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, yeah. You know, yeah. She warriors. Yeah, really yeah. Don't think, yeah. yeah. Clearly into Jen. Um, I, tr- I tried to really not make it, like, signposted kind of thing, but I definitely, like, the reason why she went back to Jen and Layla at the end... Like, there was something going on with them. Oh, yeah. they were Every, every were time trapped, they were interacting... Like, Jen and Sherva yeah. flirted like nothing I've ever seen. Non-stop. <laughs> like, that was a thing. And then with the Kyoshi Warriors, she was like, damn, you girls are fine. And was actually annoyed with Archie for making moves because she was interested too. Yeah. Like, I, I, I definitely picked up on that subtext. And anytime, <laughs> anytime Jen was on scene with you, Jen flirted with you, something fierce. Yeah. Like, that, like, that was where really I wanted her to go. That's, that's the direction I wanted for her. She was definitely never going to be interested in men because I didn't want this kind of shipping to happen. <laughs> There's no way to avoid it. This is the internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but definitely so shipping, shipping for Ahini and Kurok, 100%. That ship absolutely oh, yeah. is, uh, yeah, two That's million sailed. That's sailed. Um, <laughs> I have a question I'm going to add. Um, with Akila having uh, left the physical, the, the material realm uh, at the end, um, obviously uh, Akila doesn't get shipped with anyone. And I just wanted to make sure we... But maybe Coco? 
Maybe Coco. How? Hey. How though? I don't know. I'll I make it happen we'll, for you. I guess no, we'll come back. I've just, I've just had a terrible thought. Akila could say next campaign, I want to play Coco going on a mission to find my lost love. Oh. <laughs> Try and track down Akila. <laughs> I just had <laughs> a terrible thought. Um, just weeping on top of the mountain. <laughs> the, is it like the, oh, our own version of the cave oh. of two lovers? Oh, God. Um, I mean... Okay. Uh, I've got a question now, so we'll, I'll, I've got some individual questions, and I've sort of spaced them out throughout so that we can uh, we can enjoy. <laughs> Dragons asked, "Who the fuck is Coco?" Um, one of the Kyoshi warriors. Um, Brandon, this one's for you. Is there a particular moment or event that helped you dive into the campaign and your character? And this is from Captain Britain. I think um, dropping doing the hello, I'm wrong, Golo, very early on. That was a good feeling to get stuck into the campaign again because I realized the cognitive load <laughs> realizing doing this all the time like I'm just gonna have to use my voice so, <laughs> so doing that <laughs> definitely helped I will say and then I think I don't know like I'm gonna really start getting into it I think it was like after like um after going out the water tribe and then going more to like the air temples I feel like that's when I started getting a good feel of group dynamics my character sort of where they're at and then it's set a little bit more in stone by the time we got to like Earth Nation we got to be more around like sort of my area I know it was much later on but I feel like it took a while for me to be like oh yeah my character has got some dimension to it you know what I mean like I was having fun playing the dumb as well as well and always do but I was like oh wait there, there is nuance to my character at that sort of point there. Not much, but a little something. So I feel like it's sort of after that. Point. Not much. <laughs> Fair enough. No, he's, Fair got, enough. he's got a bit. I'll take the piss out of him, but now, <laughs> there's some good moments uh, to shine. I, 100%. I, look, I, 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 yeah, I, I think I saw that as well. I noticed that um, that when you started to sort of like give Rung a voice, that was kind of when you... you really felt comfortable with the character from from at least from uh, from my perspective that's when i noticed the uh the the moment that you seemed really like into the character and into the campaign i agree um captain Britain chirpy. has asked that oh, question chirpy died it's probably after chirpy died chirpy did <laughs> Ch- are we gonna have to do an exclamation sorry, mark no, chirpy for old time, no, old time sake. um <laughs> now captain Britain has asked that of every single person but i'm gonna space them out because these next few questions are gonna be quite rapid fire so we'll, we'll break up these question ones as we go through um what happened to oki um We've kind of touched on that. Oki went to the Southern Water Tribe, and much more than that, I don't, I don't know if we want to get into because Ali, you may join us for um, Oncoming Storm. We'll have to see if you, if you want to. Always a space there, so we might find out what happened to Oki in the interim. What, what do you think would have happened to Oki? Let's say within the within the bounds of the campaign. So there was probably about three weeks. Oki had uh, two weeks traveling with Ahini, then one week in the Southern Water Tribe. What would what would Oki have been doing? She had the compass. She had the compass. Yeah. Because they, yeah. they then the didn't binoculars. have it. And, and the, the map. <laughs> and the spyglass. <laughs> yeah, all the important things, really. Yeah. I think just all of the above would have been used. It's like I'm imagining like Ahini and Kurok, like, you know, they're on a boat together sailing off. Like, Oki is like chasing after them, just sort of like the, the deviant interfering character, like in all the, uh, you know, sort of uh, animes <laughs> where you know, that one person trying to interfere. Um, yeah, just a lot of comedy probably just being an absolute pain in the ass (laughs) nope absolutely fair enough um perfect i think that answers that question nicely uh oh oh boy yep uh just a question for oki yep uh did oki ever uh forgive a killer (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming from a fucking miles. Like where she left it, like forgiven in the sense that he helped, you know, during that fight in the um in the water tribe. For the sister stuff, probably not. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yep, fair enough. But um, what about if he knew he was dead? Celebration. Nah. <laughs> uh, the next question was what happened to Oki's sister? Um, I'm actually going to leave that up to, to you, Ali. What do you think your sister would have done? I don't know. Like, um... I'm trying to remember her name too. I actually, I, I was... I meant to actually pull this before. What was her name again? It was... Um, it's fine. She's all right. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, one Blank on her name. I can see her going on um, similar to that Waterbender character in The Legend of Korra, where she replaces the uh, missing arm with the Waterbender. Yeah. Cool. Whether she goes completely off the rails, evil or not, is uh, up to Owen. But oh my god, what if what uh, if she like is actually the ancestor of the uh, the Waterbender from Legend of Korra? What's her name? The one who has the the octopus arms. Oh man, that'd be cool. Uh, the name Teachers was um, Karoya. 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 Starts like a new art of waterbending. For yeah, that's awesome. Thesis. <laughs> I mean, Matt given Flower. what was done to her, it would make sense to go on a vengeance arc. Mad, yeah. Madflower's comment was uh, pretty sure she's learning to live with one arm. Uh, Minghua, yeah, Minghua was the cor- Minghua was the uh, the legend of Korra waterbender. Um, Koroya was the waterbender. Was uh, Oki's sister? That was Oki's sister. I'm pretty sure. I think you're right, Koroya. And then yeah, Minghua was the the legend of Korra uh, character who had the uh, the water octopus arms. And then the last question was um, from this is all this is all from Tabu. Um, what happened to I? I was obviously the sandbender mm. who has played when he helps you guys out. Um, I was a lone sandbender. I'm going to say that for the next little bit, he kind of kept out of much trouble. When he saw the explosion at the Siwong Rock, he would have investigated. Um, I kind of had in my mind, if you guys did get lost or stuck in the desert, I might find you again. But you did a pretty good job getting out of there and navigating your way out. So I never had to sort of bring I back in to help you guys out. I'm going to say that I arrived at the Siwong Rock maybe a day or two after the explosion. You guys were long gone at that point. He explored around, realized that something uh, quite monumental had happened, and then went and found the sandbenders and warned them of the oncoming problems that they were going to face, and uh, and then tried to help protect the sandbenders and, and work with those who were part of his tribe. I'm going to say that's what I was up to during that time. Um, so thank you, Tabby, Why are you for that talking question. in third person? Yeah, strange. It's <laughs> weird. What? Am I? Because you're saying I. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, that would not be. That's not third person, mate. That's first yep. person. Um, yep. Get your si- get your shit sorted out. Andrew's got a question. Um, no. Hello. Did did Jeb Junior ever just become Jeb? Young Jeb. Young Jeb. Did Young Jeb follow through with our plan? Did, did he um, use the knife I gave him? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that up. up I'm gonna leave yeah. that up to the audience. Whatever um, you yes, Archie. Just quickly, it wasn't young Jeb, it was old Jeb. There was Apologies, you wanted to kill old, old Jeb, Jeb so there was just Jeb. Jeb. You're right. Because he yeah, because he didn't want to be young Jeb anymore. No, it wasn't no, it wasn't old Jeb, he wanted to kill young Jeb. Yeah, he wanted to kill young Jeb, so he well who just took Jeb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'm going to leave it up to the audience's mind. Whatever you think Jeb did or did not do to reclaim his name is what happened. Uh, <laughs> Mainly because I don't think the there's any comment. impact. First comment. First comment is first what happens. There was old Jeb and Jeb. I, okay, so, well, that 
I don't think he, I don't think he followed through. Um, for, for whatever the first comment is, is what happened to Jeb? Um, that's a good question. Uh, are Ruler and the Fisherman in the Sea Wong Oasis brothers related, connected spirits? Question from Captain Britain. Yeah. So originally the old man in the desert was just a bit of set dressing to throw out the information about the spirits. Um, every town has a crazy kook in Avatar. Um, so I thought this could be the crazy kook for, for, for the Oasis, the Sea Wong Oasis. Um, originally, obviously I had no plans for this to be the entire focus of the campaign, but yes, uh, afterwards, um, I did in my own mind kind of retcon a little bit how that old man fit into the story and very much so it made sense that he was actually um, a representative of Yavu helping to steer the uh, helping to steer the the characters towards the uh, see the characters to oh no the first comment is Jeb grew up to run for president of the Earth Kingdom but lost to King Obama um, oh my god <laughs> I guess that's what happens now um, it is interesting because we did have a question asking did Pung what happened to Pung um Fingers crossed he's now the Earth King because that would be too funny. Two people asked that question, Michelangelo and Tab Yu. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's Obama. <laughs> here's, a, here's a fun thing. We actually don't know, as far as I'm aware, and I did a bit of research, we actually don't know any of the Earth Kingdom monarchs during the Hundred Year War. Oh, so, no. technically, there is space for Pung to have become the Earth King at some point. Is this going to be part of the focus of book two, Oncoming Storm? You bet your fucking copper bottom it is. Um, definitely, I am going to explore more with Pung. Um, I still want to incorporate some of the some of the political intrigue stuff that I've reworked since the the first couple of sessions. Um, there's no better way to do that than with the with book two. Um, so, yeah, Pung. Possibly, Pung could have become the Earth King. Um, at the moment, there's no canon saying he couldn't, so we'll have to see in book two. How long do Earth kings and queens live for or reign for? Uh, depends how long they are not assassinated for. Okay. <laughs> so it could be 50 years, could be two. <laughs> yeah, look, Pung, Pung might rule for his entire life. He might only last a little bit before he's... Uh, his entire life ends? Tragically falls <laughs> ill. Tragically falls ill. Um, so our ruler and the fisherman in the Sea Wong Oasis related uh, Captain Britain... Yes, um, I ended up kind of changing it around so that the the fisherman, the, the old man in the Sea Wong Oasis who, who told Marco about the fish, I ended up kind of reworking that as being Yavu's influence. That was a, an agent of Yavu. Um, fitting quite nicely because Yavu did have a lot of agents anywhere. And if anyone's going to want immortality, uh, it's a man at the end of his life. I figured that was a, a good promise for him. Um, question from Crimson Goose. What would have happened if the party attempted to fight the whale spirit during their excursion to the Seawong Desert? Yeah, I mean, I, as I said, I never had any plans for the whale spirit to take such a front and centre part of the narrative. It was all just throwaway that Andrew kept pulling on the hook, and so I kept giving him fishing line, and uh, I ended up being pulled into the drink alongside <laughs> him. So, uh, what would have happened? I actually don't know. Um, I probably would have... Had it been an encounter, um, the whale spirit would have defended itself before trying to flee, before they were able to, to fully banish it. Um, it would have been a pretty interesting encounter. I would have had to have used some pretty high-level stats. Um, the whale spirit is pretty powerful, but it, it I never had it be able to grant its own wishes. It's kind of like a genie, right? It can only grant the wishes others request of it. Um, so, yeah, it would have been an interesting fight, 
I think that would have been a, a very, very tough fight for the party, but um, one where the whale spirit would have fled before killing them and before being killed by them. Let's go back to the personal questions. Andrew, from Captain Britain, what uh, is there a particular moment event for you that helped you dive more into the campaign and into the character of Marco? And I'm going to ask each and every one of you this question. Honestly, I'm not sure. Hmm, fair enough. I feel like just as it went along, I adapted. Uh, it started off very different to how it ended. Yes. Very, very different. Yes. But I also feel like that's just the character development as well. Like he was just thrown into a lot of shit real quickly. Um, but honestly, I feel when we were at the Water Tribe, the Northern Water Tribe, when we met Aquila. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Because I was suddenly then put on, because I wasn't able to keep up with the chaos that was being thrown. No, like fair when, enough. Another good moment was when I was pulled into the sled. That was that, fun. That, that's sort of, I think, where it has started, where I was like, okay, I don't know what this is, because at the start, Marco was lazy, but trying to stay in control sort of thing. Yeah. No, fair enough. So then no. you lost control. I yeah. lost control. You just yeah. into the sled. Nice. Very nice. Um, this one's a little bit from left field. This is from Crimson Goose. Which TF2 classes would each of the party characters be? So Team Fortress 2, which classes would you be? I'm happy to start you off. I think there is only one choice for me as the DM. It would have to be the spy, right? Putting on all the different faces, have to be the spy. Um, Dave, you put your hand up immediately. Scout. Scout for Arl? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, double jump. <laughs> yeah. Running um, all with a baseball bat. Like, that was just the scout, yeah. Yep, that's absolutely fair. Um, I, for the, does anyone not know what TF2 is? I realize I probably should have asked that question first. Bree. TF2 is a uh, battle game, a... Um, uh, it, it's very very fun it's basically free now I'm pretty sure um, yeah, I used to play a since, lot of it yeah free since the orange box in 360 no shit wow yeah so I, I bought it with like Portal 2 <laughs> Half-Life 2 oh it wasn't Portal 2 it was Portal 1 Half-Life 2 yeah the orange box was fantastic like it's probably one of the earliest battle games I ever played I, I sunk a lot of hours into TF2 as a imagine, young man imagine Valorant with less heroes yeah no, um, no, no, like no, 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 Overwatch. With, no, Overwatch. Uh, I, meant, I meant Overwatch. Overwatch. Sorry, yes. uh, you've got me. You've got me back in. TF2 is, TF2 is a lot of fun. TF2 is a lot of fun. I, I actually with somehow more yet less chaos. Yeah, somehow, somehow both. It made Overwatch what it is. I agree, absolutely. Overwatch yes, Zero. 100%. Yeah, it was. It's Overwatch Zero. It's really fun, and there's so many game modes. There's so many. It's it's a lot of fun. TF2 is great. Um, if I had to guess what Sherva would be. Oh, it's a good question. I'm tossing up between the sniper and the medic because on one hand, like obviously the sniper is very independent. You kind of like in the games, you, you stay um, supporting the rest of the characters with like covering fire and things like that. But you also have the uh, the Kukiri, which is the, the curved blade, which is actually pretty good. You do throw a jar of your own piss at people. Um, Jurati, which is... Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. seems more like an Aquila thing. More like an well, Aquila thing. It's also a thing. It's like... 
I'm not a psychopath. I'm, I'm an not a psychopath. I'm an assassin. What's the difference? Well, one's a job and the other's mental sickness. Um, yeah, I do. I do quite enjoy. Team team movies. Yeah. Would she almost have been the engineer? Maybe yeah. the engineer. Maybe the engineer That's makes sense for Sherva. Yeah. yeah, I think the engineer makes sense because you're building turrets. You're very independent, but you also support people as well. I mean, the healing stations are ideal. Um, all right. Archie also doesn't know Tia 2D. So what would what would a killer be? A killer's probably a spy as well, to be honest. Uh, I'll be fair. I was just reading them, and I just thought it was either spy or or medic because of all the um. Uh, I almost called him the demo man. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. yes, demo man, demo man. <laughs> I like, love the demo man. You, you don't do anything small. It's always big. Yeah. You're yeah, always Scottish Cyclops. <laughs> big and flashy. It's, yeah. Marco, what would Marco oh, be? Easy. Pyro. Pyro. Yeah. Pyro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Done. You got you're on beanie, everything. You're ready. So easy. Uh, Oki. Set everything on fire. Uki thinks of herself probably along the pyro line, but in reality, it's probably more close to the medic. The medic. <laughs> yes. well, the medic is just as twisted, don't you worry. He but if you ever called Oki a medic to her face, the medic syringe yeah. crossbow, though, is one of the most powerful weapons in the game. Like, it's nuts. It's just, it's. I, I, I would have um, hybrided her with soldier as well. Yeah. Just kind of like, well balanced. Yeah. Like, again, just like. Yeah, just check of all trades. Yep. Yeah, master good, of none. Good question. Completely out of left field, <laughs> Crimson Goose. Uh, <laughs> great, it's a great question. Um, I genuinely yeah, had run, never run, thought run about Rung's the heavy, right? Rung's yeah, the runs heavy. heavy. There's no question. We yeah, didn't even need to no answer that question. question. We know Rung's yeah. the heavy. You are so heavy. small. <laughs> Who touched my gun? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Who touched Sasha? Who touched my gun? Oh my God, it's a desk. I, that's a great question. Um, if you don't know what any of these references are, type in TF2 Meet The into YouTube. Just watch them all. Yes. Just watch them all. It's a good time. They're all great. They're great. There's no bad Meet The. The Pyro one is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. So good. Happiness and unicorns. Yeah, that was great. Um, alrighty. Uh, Ali, was there a particular moment or event that helped you dive into the campaign and your character? Probably around the area of the Siwong Rock. Uh, not particularly any event, but I think um, more just I think a lot of the other characters were also sort of coming into our own. Like we're all sort of figuring out a little bit more you know, who they are, you know, what they sort of do and stand for and stuff. And um, yeah, just sort of you know, have, making sort of decisions, I guess, like um, rather than just sort of, oh yeah, okay, it seems that we're going to go this way. I'm going to go along with that. Yeah. That's when you sort of like were able to stand up, make some calls, direct where Oki would want to go, and yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm. I, I definitely so see that. What sort of things does she stand for? Like, yeah. I wondered if it maybe was when you met up with the Water Tribe members uh, outside of Barsing, say at the ferry. I wondered if that might have been a moment too that really helped because I, I noticed at that point, like, it gave you a chance to really dive into your history with the Water Tribe. Yeah, definitely. Um, always helps to ground characters. That was one of the things I do regret in this campaign was I didn't start you off grounding your history early enough partly because we were learning the system and i didn't want to mm. overload anybody 
also partly because I was learning the system and I there was a lot that we were figuring out as we went along. We were using the quick start rules for the first, I think, 15 episodes. So <laughs> yeah. then everything so changed change. and uh, then they the Roll20 again. sheet stopped working and then we found the amazing Beyond Legends character sheet, which is fantastic. That saved us a lot of time and energy getting onto that. But yeah. I, I, think, I think it was good that way because like also because we're all getting used to the world, really. We all had an image of what our characters were at the start. I don't think yeah. They- it ended up that way so i think it was better than going too rigid too early i think you're right yeah i think you're right and and it was good because the quick start rules were very very vague like i don't know if anyone's seen through the quick start rules anyone who's watching but um the like the the final published avatar legends rpg system it's 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 very nice uh it, it answers a lot of questions there's nothing left to interpretation the quick start rules were great an awesome starting point but there were a lot of times where stuff would kind of like systems would interact and there was no guideline on how to rule it and so i'd just be in the moment being like this way we shall i shall call this now um and then the final rules came out and i was wrong so it was nice to have the the full published material but but then again like i I know a few people have asked us how we run our combat yes our combat is slightly different to how the rules are written mainly because that's how we started running it with the quick start guide and i really liked it um this was something that Combat I've been talking. Was very wishy-washy in the quick start guide. <laughs> it didn't give a it lot. Was. <laughs> didn't give a lot of information. But um, I, so I ended up doing a bit of a hybrid D and D system, which we've actually carried forwards and has worked really well. Over when the full rules came out, I kind of refined our combat style to be a bit more like Avatar Legends, but. Um, our, our systems, I don't know if, you, if, if those of you remember, but we would apply conditions pretty much straight away at the next moment. Part of the reason I did that was so that your actions felt like they had immediate consequences. If you stunned someone, they were stunned. Boom. Like if you did something, it happened immediately. So there was this immediate like choice reward, choice reward to kind of keep you guys engaged in the combat and, and also to keep the combat running. And it meant that I didn't have to remember a whole bunch of stuff and then monologue for five minutes at the end of every exchange being like, Sherva runs up and flicks her whip towards the enemy during the evade and observe stage. Then during the f- attack and uh, advance and attack phase, Marco fires and bolts of fire. Like, and so with how we're going to do it heading forwards is we're going to stick to a bit more of a hybrid style system. Um, the statuses will apply at the beginning of the next round, but we're going to do little summaries at the end of each, like evade and observe, advance and attack. Um, and I can never remember the, <laughs> the last one. No, it's defend and maneuver. Defend and maneuver. Thank you. Um, so we're going to be we're going to be still keeping our our own kind of spin on the combat, but it's still going to be the avatar rules. It's just going to stop me monologuing, which is kind of how it is set up a little bit at the moment. Like you, you, I guess you can open it up for the players, but it is good that we have a quick summary of what's happened in each exchange. Something that D&D does really well is that each person does something, it happens, you move on to the next person, the next person, so you have to come back and recap. Whereas with Avatar Legends, I think the way it's kind of designed, you do have to come back and recap sometimes, um, which I don't love. It kind of breaks the flow a little bit for me. So we're going to try out this new system where I do a, a subtle recap. So for example, let's say um, Oki does a defendant maneuver. She rushes forward and creates a water shield and then freezes it into ice. Sherva then gets behind with her whip and does the ready action uh, to, to help give us up a plus one for the next round. Like, I'll just describe a really quick thing after you've both described your moves to finish off the defender maneuver. And I'm going to do it as the NPCs take their action. So it's part of the NPC action is you guys doing your actions and the NPC will always be after you in those moments. And they will then have your effects sort of woven into their um, moves in their story to kind of keep it flowing. You started doing that. Thing. I was playing around with it. You're all good. Like, 
I was going to say, I think it was like the finicky thing where it's like, say, like, I do a thing which is going to stun someone and then say, oh, I'll choose something that's going to stun them as well. Then he's like, oh, yeah. wait. Like, I didn't want to do anything else in this playset apart from stun. That was the that was, weird yeah, thing. With, yeah. With me and Rung, our moves sort of lined up a lot with st status effects at yeah. the end. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. was like, because we just did different, like, defender move and attack. But they did the same thing. We're like, oh, okay. What do we do? Yeah. yeah. So, so something as well we're going to do uh, a bit more is also talk through your moves because all of us are used to D and D, right? Where you can't really—it's considered metagaming to kind of talk through what you're doing and what your character's going to do. It's actually not for Avatar Legends. Avatar Legends is designed around you guys talking through your moves and working as a team. Um, so I, I will, I will kind of encourage that a bit more as well as we head forwards. And it's just—it's just getting used to it because we're so used to, to D and D yeah. where you like you can't. It's, you can't tell the people. Initiatives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's something else. So that's something we're going to do heading forwards. But so essentially, we will be using exactly the same rules as Avatar Legends. But I'm going to be using the NPC actions to kind of do a quick summary after each approach that's taken. So, defend and maneuver, advance and attack, evade and observe. I'm going to do a little summary at the end to kind of keep it in our minds and, and help to build that theater of the mind, the the movie that we're creating in our minds of this uh, of this of this encounter. Um, I've got a quick question and I, I unfortunately uh, I'm going to throw this to uh, Archie and Marco to answer what happened to the mayor of Chin Village after the finale this is uh, this is a question from Captain Britain uh, it is your choice I'll leave that up to you I think he slipped I think he slipped that's all you got to say right down the face of a cliff <laughs> there you go he was he was suddenly lost balance like he was leaning forward, like, I, why was he doing such a thing? Who knows? I don't know why it was that close to the... To the yeah, really, yeah, really. Why was he leaning at a 90 degree angle down? And yeah, like, <laughs> it was like 50, thank you. <laughs> He's beyond the point of saving, but yes. Cool. No, that's brilliant. Um, I have made a note of that. That will uh, be important for book two on Coming Storm. He might have uh, a Looney Tunes moment. He might like have a branch hanging no, off the no. cliff. He hangs onto the branch. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have not. to see. Um, um, on the on the combat thing, not. really quick. Hello, friend. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to um, remembering that evade and observe is a thing that we can do. Yes, and it gets you uh, it gets your fatigue back too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's that actually reminds me. Um, in the uh, Republic City supplement, there are special rules for pro bending tournaments. The combat of pro bending is really cool. I have had a bit of a look through. Yes. I will be sending out a an, an adapted pro bending for the normal fights. So rather than a, so, so just just because the way it kind of flows is really nice, and it opens up a few more options for you in combat. So we will be using some of the pro bending stuff. I'm going to make it really clear which ones we are using, so the players will know. And when we start the sessions, I'll when the first time we go through it, I'll talk through it in a lot of detail how we're running it. But there are some elements of the pro bending that I really like. I, I really like. So we will be using some of those. Um, I think it was um, there are a few people who are asking about the uh, the pro bending rules. So yeah, we will we will do something with that definitely because I quite like them. They're pretty cool. Um, I've got a couple of quick fire questions. Is there a third sibling who was eaten by a sandworm, or did one of these two get eaten by the sandworm? Um, there was only two people eaten by the sandworm originally. That was Pung and one of the sandbenders. Uh, in the new timeline, uh, two of the sandbenders were eaten by the uh, by the sandworm. It's a nice and easy question. Um, 
Since the... Oh, yeah, here we go. This is from Crimson Goose. Since the Daily and Fire Nation have begun working together, how would the breakdown or falling apart of them working together have looked before the attacks on the Earth Kingdom and Ba Sing Se? Well, the good news is Ba Sing Se isn't officially attacked in the canon until General Iroh launches it about, I think it's 20 years before Avatar The Last Airbender starts. I think he's like in his um, late 30s, early 40s when he launches the attack on Ba Sing Se. So, so the Fire Nation wait before they launch the attack on Ba Sing Se. Um, I was never going to muck around with that. Iroh and his journey is so important to the soul of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, I, I was never going to muck around with anything that would, would change Iroh's story at all. Um, so uh, with the breakdown of falling apart and working together, it wouldn't have changed anything for the Fire Nation attacking the uh, the city of Barsing. Say the Fire Nation were never planning an all frontal assault. It was always going to be an infiltration from underneath um, and to try and take control, which the Dialy would have then fended off. Depending on how the players interacted, it could have run a few different ways, but it was never going to be a successful campaign for the Fire Nation to take control of Barsing. Say. Um, only because that's what General Iroh does. And and we know for a fact that General Iroh is the only person to have breached the walls of Ba Sing Se. Uh, until Azula does later on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wasn't going to muck around with that. So it, it wouldn't have changed too much, but I, I, the idea was that it would mostly be this, like, um, proxy fights that were happening with the... Uh, with the Dai Li and with the Fire Nation, never this all-out war against the the walls. It would always be secret, under the cover. Uh, I was planning this whole thing like spies and double agents and this whole like, yeah, as I said, political intrigue style campaign. Very, I was very much thinking like East and West Berlin um, during the, the aftermath of World War II where um, Russia and America were sending double, triple, quadruple agents against each other. And there was this essentially a proxy war happening in a city that had nothing to do with the war between America and Russia. And I always thought that was fascinating, this idea of it. So that was kind of what I was originally planning. And um, Ba Sing Se was going to become that city in a way. The outside, the Fire Nation controlling and trying to get in. Um, the inside, the Dai Li trying to defend and take control of the land around it. So, But we'll still, we'll still do stuff like that. Don't worry. That's still going to happen. Um, I was always going always gonna to have fun with that. Um, Alrighty. Uh, let's ask Archie. Was there a particular moment that helped you dive into the campaign and your character? Um, I think when I kind of when I came back, like I had a couple, I had a couple sessions off, and then when I came back and I met the guys in the it's near the Earth Kingdom, I think Earth uh, Kingdom, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, town. Yeah. yeah, when I met them again, sort of there, I sort of was a bit more, uh, I guess, ready. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, you know, I gave the people what they wanted. The people spoke. Uh, the protests, uh, the petition worked. Fuck um, off. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just you that voted on there. <laughs> there was like four people. <laughs> um, how many? How many of them? How many of them were you and your mum? <laughs> Uh, my mum, uh, my mum didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm going to say this now, guys. How, how much can you trust the actions of a man who won't even have his mum support him? I mean, just want to, just want to put that out there. I mean, there. maybe that's, my mum doesn't want to support me. Do you think about that? She never did in the campaign, did she? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's easier to uh, it's easier to work with um, what you got in real life. I think. Oh God! Okay, <laughs> yeah, not touching that. Um, Move on. 
Um, no, but I think, um, um, I think like around that sort of area. Um, is this the art that you've turned your pain into? Is Aquila the art that you've... Have- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. I thought so. Um, yeah, I think around there and then sort of after the... Um, uh, fuck. When we did the, when we did the first um, uh, spirit. Yes. Like after the first yep. spirit. The ice. Um, yeah, 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 the Arctic Fox. Yeah. That was fun. So after that, it was sort of like... It was pretty cool. Like that sort of got me into the sort of gist of it. I sort of... It was a bit more... I guess uh, knowledgeable about what the fuck I was doing because obviously I came yeah. into it a bit later than everyone else. Yep. So I was, yeah. I we threw you into the deep end. Yeah, we threw you into the deep end and uh, the roll twenty sheet at that point because I think we were still using the roll twenty sheet oh. until a little bit oh, later. The roll twenty sheet. We used it for like one session and yeah. then and then we moved on to Beyond Legends. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, the roll twenty sheet was not great. Beyond Legends one, so good, so good. Uh, if yeah. anyone's running Avatar Legends um, remotely and you're looking for a really good VTT, um, seriously, go check out Beyond Legend. It's in the description. It's fantastic. I, I We're not sponsored, but I genuinely, like it has made my life so easy to run um, Avatar Legends. I would recommend it uh, daily, nightly, and ever so rightly. Um, it's fantastic. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, perfect. That answers that question really nicely, Archie. Uh, all righty. I've got some. Uh, I've got a few more quick fire ones, and then we'll we'll get onto some uh, some slightly longer ones. Uh, if Marco died before appeasing the four spirits, would that have reset the timeline, or was this a lie by ruler? Bombshell number two. That was a lie by ruler. Marco yeah. was never God, going to die. I Marco didn't care because if he died, it didn't affect him. <laughs> True. But Marco only cared about the dying part. Fair. Nope. Fair. Um, Marco, Marco never was going to die as a result of the wish. There was never going to be that. That was a lie by ruler to force Marco to help um, unleash uh, Yavu. That was uh, that was a, a plot by Yavu. Um, Did Yavu actually need his blood, or was that like just like a not real thing? Uh, so that's a that's another really good question. Um, the answer is I originally kind of dropped that as motivation for Aquila to help release Yavu. Um, it wasn't it wasn't the only thing Yavu needed. It would have helped Yavu break through sooner. Um, but really, what Yavu needed was the four elemental spirits to be no longer in the material world. So this this is part of a larger question. I I may as well answer this okay. now. This is this is a big question. Fuck. So, fuck. No, we this thought is we good. were doing the right thing. No, this is we good. Really this is good. This, up. this is no no. This is this is great because because you were doing the right thing, and and this is where Yavu's very like specific plan kind of plays out. Archie, you got a question? Uh, just so everyone knows, uh, Akila was not aware of this. So this this is a big question, and this was a question that uh, the Captain Britain asked, which was, what was the significance of Yavu uh, eating the sea one whale spirit? Um, he thought Yavu might be working with the whale spirit since it seems like Marco's wish was always portrayed in a negative light. Plus, it seems like the whale spirit wanted Yavu freed as the wish directly led to this occurring. Um, it was made clear by lots of NPCs and eventually characters that Marco should not have made the wish and thus Captain Britain deduced that Yavu was connected to the whale spirit. This is a great question um, and I can see how you saw the connection between Yavu and the whale spirit because there was a connection. So, would you all like to know Yavu's master plan? 
and how the how the four spirits how the four spirits uh, entered into this because I had to I had to bring in Yavu after I'd already had the four spirits designed because Yavu was only brought in when a healer when Archie joined as a healer and wanted to do bloodbending and that's when I had the idea of a dark spirit so this was very much brought back in uh, kind of. What, what, what would have been like mid-campaign, genuinely in the middle of yeah. the campaign. So it would have been episode eighteen. Yeah, so that was normal campaign. That was fun. Um, I, I've I've noticed. Uh, welcome, welcome, Western Arc. Um, this is the Q and A special we're doing at the end of our campaign. Uh, we have just finished the full campaign. Um, this is going to be heavy spoilers. I'm I'm going to edit in for the YouTube and podcast a quick message about how heavy spoilers there are. Um. <laughs> genuinely like this has been a chance for me to drop all of the bombshells i've had hidden from the players during the campaign all the things i never quite got to so um this is heavy spoilers if you did want to watch the series spoiler free um i would recommend uh, jumping off right now and going and watching the the series first but if you want to join us for a bit of fun we're going to be having loads of fun discussing it and if you're not someone who cares about spoilers i personally don't so i'm 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 never affected by the spoiler tag doesn't worry me i think yeah i think it would be funnier to watch this get all the spoilers and then see how badly we're screwing up throughout with all this extra knowledge going like Ah, oh, you never had to make that wish, you idiot. Someone <laughs> panic now, then watch me panic then, yeah. and realize none of that panic was worth it. Someone pointed out. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Fakus Jacus pointed out on the on the YouTube episodes. I make a certain face that he deduced was when I knew something the players didn't know that I found very, oh. very funny. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't have a great yes, poker yeah. face at the best of times. Um, this is the face. Yeah. Uh, I've seen there, that before. There were a number of occasions where that face was pulled. Um, this is one of the big ones. So Yavu's plan. Um, Yavu couldn't break through into the material plane until the walls between the worlds were weakened. Obviously, Avatar 1 sealed the spirit world and the material plane um, apart so that spirits couldn't easily cross over. Um, some spirits could, but they could never fully manifest in the material plane in the same way since the portals were closed. Um, so, what he needed was the barriers of reality to break down. One of the ways to do that was a blood sacrifice at the North Pole or at the South Pole, which just so happened to work out quite nicely with his access to Aquila, a bloodbender. Um, however, it couldn't just be anyone. It needed to be someone with a connection to the spirits, a very strong connection. Yavu's original plan was to convince Akila once he got strong enough to sacrifice himself to allow um, to allow Yavu through. That is another reason why he went after Oki's sister, the other seer. He was hoping that that would be enough, that she would be connected enough to weaken the walls. That's why he had um, Akila go after Oki's sister. When that failed... He then had to get Oki, hoping that the next seer would be more malleable and someone who could be used to work with him, which is why Oki was then brought to the North Pole. Yavu's plan changed, however, when he felt the walls of reality weakening when Marco made the wish. At that point, the four elemental spirits were pulled back into the material plane. However, they're not going to allow a dark spirit to cross over. So they had to go before he could fully push through. One of them alone was enough of a threat. All four of them, monumentally damaging to him. And there was still the whale spirit too. When the wish was made, the whale spirit was shunted back into the spirit wilds. Yavu still needed some of that power. 
But if he was to attack the whale in the spirit wilds, he would polarize all the spirits against him. It would be this massive force against him and he would reveal his hands and be annihilated. So Yavu had to wait for a very specific moment. The moment when the material plane was no longer protected by the four elemental spirits and the whale spirit was unguarded by the spirits in the spirit world when it had crossed back into the material plane. So Yavu needed you four to succeed to get back because of the wish. Originally he didn't, but once Marco had made the wish, Yavu then had to react to that and had to change how he was going to... Yes, Bree. What would have happened if we didn't make the deadline? Uh, what would have happened is the wish would have uh, unwound, the whale spirit would have been pulled back into the material plane, the wish would have been undone, and you would have found yourselves back at the Siwong Oasis just before Marco made the wish. So literally uh, nothing bad would have happened. We would have just... Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. There was still a lot of pretty dark stuff that was happening. And at that point, remember, Yavu can still break through because there's the four elemental spirits aren't in your world. It just would have been a different method of getting through. So I kind of had a couple of different ways this could go where you reset back to just before Marco makes the wish and Yavu breaks into the world. And Akila finds himself at the North Pole, nowhere near you guys. By himself <laughs> with Yavu. And at that point, because Akila wasn't there for the wish, Akila isn't going to be in the same position as the rest of you. It's going to be Akila as he was in that moment. So you wouldn't even remember. It would have been evil Akila. Akila helping with Yavu. But I didn't I didn't want to force a character choice onto Archie, so I was very pleased you guys didn't have that happen. It would have been a conversation with me and Archie being like, hey, how comfortable are you with Akila going back to being evil? Given oh, that I would you have were done it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um so yes. Okay, I would have just been another 30 episodes. Yeah. I um I hope that answers I hope that answers both questions. Uh, what was going on and uh, with the whale spirit and Yavu? Um, the connection was tenuous. Yavu needed the whale spirit's. Um, let me rephrase. Yavu didn't need the whale spirit's power, but he was very happy to take it. Um, he was very happy to take advantage of that. Um, but the whale spirit didn't know about Yavu. Had no idea what was going on. The whale spirit's much more animal-like. It doesn't have the intelligence of some of the other spirits. Loser. Loser. Um. <laughs> This relates, there's a huge question by Michelangelo, which is what ha- what changes happened as a result of the new timeline? Were there any we missed in the show? Uh, yeah, I um, I had written down just a few to prepare myself. Can I see Liv crawling into the... <laughs> Just trying to sneak in so hard. Come in, come in like solid snake. I love you so much, Liv. Liv, Liv. Yeah. <laughs> I love the camera just pans. For podcast listeners, um, Dave's lovely wife, Liv, uh, crawled through the door. However, the way Dave's positioned his webcam meant she was literally centre screen. <laughs> Sorry, She's that adorable. Liv, Liv is a gorgeous human being and I love Liv so you're much. You're a gorgeous human being and you're adorable. That's what everyone's saying. Specifically, Owen, I want the credit for this. No, 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 everyone, 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 everyone. We all said it together. We all said it. <laughs> what does that mean? That's a heart. That's a heart. Oh, good, okay. <laughs> I was like, because my family is that as the world's smallest violin when you're going on and on about stuff. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a new one for me. It's um, just because that's money in, like, in other cultures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so what changes happened as a result of the new timeline? Oh, man. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest one obviously was that Marco's father was never kidnapped. That was that was a big. I guess that's probably the biggest one is that Marco's father was never kidnapped. Um, I think I think we've probably discussed the major ones. Um, I don't think there was any other really big things that that we missed in the show. There were a couple of subtle things. Um, obviously, Bree, uh, Sherva, I should say, Bree character Sherva. Um, able to um, meet up with Jen and the Shearshrew. Uh, that was a, a pretty big change. Obviously, the Shearshrew was summoned, the bounty hunter was summoned by Marco's father to track down Marco. That was a pretty big yeah. change. Andrew, yes. The library. Because that Yes. Happened, I, I. That would be the biggest change that I don't so know. I, yeah. and this, this is actually one where I am going to throw it to you guys because in, in my mind, really... It would have been up to your characters. Would you have had any reason to go to the library? Yes, I think you still would have. Because the events that occurred with you escaping from the Dai Li, not trusting the Earth Nation soldiers, because you don't know who you can trust, that all still happened. That was all still always going to happen. There's, there's, your wish doesn't change that. Would you have then met up with the researchers and then headed out into the um, into the desert? Yes, you still would have. Would you have ended up at the library? Yes, you would have. The question is, would you have done anything different at the library? Marco, knowing that your father is alive at this stage, although you you wouldn't have known your father was alive. You actually, I mean, you would have assumed he was because you had been... the wanted poster was different. The wanted poster at the, at the Oasis. Different. Yeah, um, the wanted poster at the Oasis would have been different. So actually, no, there never would have been a wanted poster. You never would have seen a wanted poster. Your father wouldn't have allowed a wanted poster to be put out for you. So, yeah, they would want to keep it more undercover, it, exactly. not let it be known that there was a diplomat's son yeah. missing. That's why Jen was hired. Exactly. It was kept under the rug. So, yeah. I had more information about, I would have assumed, about General Zhao and the use of spirits. Yes. Would that have triggered anything with the man himself? Oh, at the library. Wan Shi Tong, he who knows yeah. 10,000 things. Yeah. Would he have done anything different yeah i guess that that's a really good question would you have had any different conversations with one she told that yeah would have been brought up probably yeah. you would have had a lot of yeah there would have been more information that you would have got from one she tong and i mean obviously the fire nation's still arriving at the library they actually so this is this is one of the yeah brie go sorry did marco still take the map I that think actually still allowed Wan Shi Tong, like that was what we used for Wan Shi Tong to let us into the library. I think Marco still would have taken the map. That would have been evidence that yeah. he could show. I, I think so. I, I I didn't I didn't see any reason also, why that would have. I also had like multiple different points of information because yeah. mm. they weren't great. We even had more was, information in this. Yeah, would have had more information and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that would have changed at all. Um, the Fire Nation still would have arrived at the library. They weren't specifically there just looking for you. They were also a delegation from the Sea Wong Rock to find out information from Wan Shi Tong. You guys were a bonus. Would, yeah. Would they have been allowed in after finding out what General Zhao? Yeah. Would he been more on our side then? I'm going to say, yeah, to probably Wan Shi Tong would have been more on your side. And... Rather than being ejected from the library, Wan Shi Tong would have invited you to leave once he dealt with the Fire Nation. And it would have been much more amicable. So that could be something interesting to play into in the next campaign with uh, with Oncoming Storm. You guys, I don't think you'd be banned from the library anymore. There's no reason why you would be. 
cool. That's good because because Wanchi Tong's Wanchi Tong's an awesome character. The library is an yeah, incredible that's place. What, like that's why I wanted to see him yeah. again. He's so it'd cool. Be, it'd be devastating to to not have access to that. So yeah, cool. Okay, I think I think that answer. In, t- in terms of other things that we we missed with the time, um, time jump. No, I no really big things. A, a number of small things, but. To be perfectly honest, these guys were so interested in finding out what had happened and what had changed, they actively sought it out. Like, I there were, there were questions they asked that I had never imagined that I had to quickly come up with answers to on the spot about what had changed. So, I'm, really, these guys kept me on my toes with any of the time stuff. Um, I no amount of preparation I did was sufficient. I was constantly having to react to the uh, the crazy things that they asked about changes the timeline, and I was uh, I was doing my best to keep up. <laughs> So that's probably how, the biggest how, ones. How's yes. the man going who deep fries his cabbages? Is he how's the man? Now? How's the man going who's deep frying his cabbages? Um, I'm going to yeah, say he's doing remarkably well. well. Yeah, oh, good. I think the business is going well. That's a good question. That comes to us from Brandon. Good question, Brandon. Um, since Wan Chi Tong is a spirit, wouldn't Wan Chi Tong remember both timelines? Ooh, good question dave this okay is what, let's think what it you through were just talking about keeping on your toes <laughs> yeah let's let's think it through let's talk it through so one chi tong is fully in the material plane he's one of the so he travels between he's one of the only ones that can, he's one of the only spirits that can travel between the material world and spirit wilds without use of the portal and he can take himself in either direction using the library would he be fully in the material plane yes he would have he would have been in the material plane Definitely, when this happens. So, would he be affected by the the new timeline? Yes, he would actually. Yeah, definitely. He would have been affected by the wish. His memory would be of the new timeline, not the old one. Um, Western Arc. Wait, did this have time travel? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was originally meant to be a political intrigue campaign. I threw out a mention We're of Doctor Who up in here. I, I threw out a mention of some spirit fish, just just as a bit of set dressing for the desert, because the desert's a, a kind of cool place, and I had this great image in my mind of like this ancient coral sea with the spirits of fish in it. Um, I threw away this throwaway line about if you catch a fish, you get a wish. Um, Andrew really hooked into that and uh, <laughs> turns the entire campaign into locating the the whale spirit which would grant wishes if he found it um, he asked for a wish he got his wish his wish was I want to undo my mistakes which is the easiest to misinterpret wish I've ever heard in my life um, and it's a past tense wish which means I want to undo things I have previously done so we had we had him roll a D100 to see how badly the wish was misinterpreted. To his credit, he rolled a 98, so could have been much worse. It was but, so um, lucky. We then oh, had yeah. to. Yeah. We then had this had this little rewrite of a few key events happened a bit differently, and because of that, four elemental spirits were unleashed into the world that uh, were out of control, and then the party ended up moving around to try and appease them. Yes, Ali. If he'd rolled, say, lower, like 70% or below. Like yeah. a two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's also what a question have... from Lito Torres. What would have happened if he'd rolled the opposite? <laughs> oh, I would have probably got a mark different on my exams. So here's, here's what I had in mind for that. Um, if it had been mis... Yeah, monkey's paw. Exactly, monkey's paw. If it had been misunderstood, if, if Andrew had rolled a two, let's say, let's, op- let's make it the opposite of the D100. I want to undo my mistakes. It would have been he something was never born. innocuous. <laughs> oh, look, do you know what? With that, with a roll that low, yeah, look, tempting. It is tempting to do something like that. Um, no, probably probably what I would have done is I would have asked Marco, what's the most minor mistake your character has ever made? Like, Andrew, what's what's the most 
inane, innocuous, useless mistake. Like you got your shoes mixed up one day. He put or... his socks on the wrong feet. Exactly. Slept in. Yeah. One so, time. so for all in... feet for your socks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lost my hand shoes. Um, so it would have been it would have been something completely useless that would have had no discernible effect. Um, if it had been a one, however. Um, you would have watched as Marco vanished from existence and Andrew would have been making a new character. Fair. Um, Whatever it had been 100. If it had been 100, I would have asked Marco exactly what he wanted to change and it would have been exactly what he said. So if he had said, like, I wanted to save my father, then it would have changed that wish into just his dad being picked up out of the kidnapping situation and popped in front of us, essentially. Exactly. Yep, exactly right. Yep. Would have been would have been absolutely like because because the ninety eight was already pretty like, that was pretty good and we already had yeah. that change very very slightly. It, it, the problem was your wish was I want to undo my mistakes. Yeah, that was always going to be a problem. Like that was never a good wish. Uh, no. That was. Like, I was not aware. prepared for a wish. I love I the fact. For a wish. I love the fact. What do you mean? Your character had two in day like full days to think about the wish. You had almost a month. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. I was not prepared for how how it would occur. I don't I think he expected you to actually give it to him. Yeah, I don't I bluff. Expecting- oh, I don't bluff oh, my players. God, it was that. I also, thought it was like also, next I wasn't week. expecting the whale at all. <laughs> I think I think there was a point as well where we could have like just scooped him up. Yes, yeah. you could have stopped. I think, I think, I think we could have yeah. scooped you up, and I was like. Nah, okay, let's just make him let him oh, make I was expecting, yeah. No, I was we, expecting something we, we to happen where right I would be able to make it. Yeah. Like... We, and Marco turns the leave. boat around, yeah. 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 And then so, we had so, a conscience, like, oh, we'll come back and get him. Something, something to keep in mind, Brandon. There. Marco first learns about the wish in the Seawong Oasis before you had even met the two researchers who led you to the library. There's about seven sessions between Marco first learning of the wish and him making his wish. Six sessions, I think. I, I was just like, I'm never actually going to meet it. This is just going to be a little plot hook that I like and just carries throughout the story. <laughs> That's all I thought it was. <laughs> it, it, it was In his defense, it was like three years ago. He was like five. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This brain since then. Brie, was there a particular moment or event that helped you dive into the campaign and your character? Um, I think I really struggled to roleplay again to character anything like that like I I really really did struggle I think the moment for me that I can remember that I kind of really switched on and kind of took my own thoughts out of it and thought more in Sherva's line of thinking was the first time that I failed the role so badly that I couldn't keep Marco as my ward and it was when we were at the swamp I think. Yeah. Um, and was, he yeah. and he and Akila took off, and it was like Sherva just had to convince herself that he would be okay, and he didn't need her anyway, and had to lean heavily towards trust rather than feeling like she had to protect him, because then I had to pick up a new ward. Yeah. And yep, yep, yep. instead of taking that and being like, "Oh, I fa- I failed this role, guys. This is what's going to happen here," instead I role played that session like, "Fuck him. He's fine. He wants to run off into the world and do it himself. Fine. He can do that then." And it was like. Yeah. I, I really had to play into that. And then yeah. it wasn't until the next session because someone on YouTube had asked, like, didn't Sherva fail that role? Because they had noticed and they knew yeah. what my role was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I had to explain, okay, so Marco is actually no longer my ward. I have to choose a new ward. And this is why kind of yeah. thing. 
That was brilliant. I, that I was, really liked that. That, that was so good. That, that was, was really, really good. good. That yeah. was the mechanics yeah. and the role play working together in yeah. perfect harmony. That was fantastic. And that's that when Avatar was... Legends shines. Yeah, that was the first time it really clicked for me. Like yeah. how to play Sherba. Yeah. It's kind no, of that's... like what he always wanted. Like you had like, I had to hold on to him. But he's like, no, I want to be carefree. Let me go. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like that. Like I had to really like play into like the frustration. Cause like I was fucking frustrated with Andrew. Yeah. A lot during yeah. this campaign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could tell. Uh, if I was not on Guardian. If I was not on Chuck Chaos. But like, yeah, I was so like, the, oh, the, I'm his guardian. I have to take care of him. Like, it's my life duty, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then it was like, fine, you know, fuck off then. Yeah. See if I care. Don't kill <laughs> I, yourself. I, I don't care it, anymore. It started off with you just trying to motivate me from being lazy to trying to keep me in check when Akila joined. Yeah, pretty Akeela much. And yeah. Rung and Al, like, sort of just absorbed. Like, I just absorbed yeah. by their chaos. Well, like, a lot of my roles, it was like, a lot of the early campaign was you wandering off and then me having to spend that role to figure out where you were and to keep an eye on you. And then as we went to new areas, you wandered off a lot less. So I kept a better hold of you. And then Akila came into the picture and I was like, oh, fucking hell. There's, there's two, two of them. Of them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's two, there's, there's two crazy wandering off people. It's Yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever took Akila. Oh, uh, no, I don't think I ever took Akila as you my ward. You took I Arl. took Arl, and then I failed on Arl, and he started to, like, as a character, he was never someone who needed a guardian. No. So then it was very easy for me to switch back to Marco, but for a little while there, I had, I didn't really have a ward because yes. I kept failing my roles so badly. So I think I actually wrote Brandon down at one point. I wrote Rung, yeah. and then I just kind of stood closer to him in battle for like two sessions. We have a Discord chat. We got Discord chat. This is like, did you fail the role this week? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like in our like private Discord messages, there's like, how was the role? And I'm like, uh, Not good. how often do you think you've listened to me recently? Because that could really help here. Because there was questions in that as well that he I had to answer. Yeah. How often has your ward listened to you? Have you recently saved him from a big threat and like those kind of things? And I'm like, hey, Andrew, have you listened to me recently at all? It'll help out a little bit. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's why my balance was always almost at the end as well, because yeah. every time I as my ward, I had yep. to shift away from balance. Yeah, I was going to say. And I always had to shift away from trust. We didn't realize until the end that we the ward yeah, could that shift he the balance back. Yeah, mm. we didn't realize that till the end. So that I, was if you go back, I mentioned that early on. Yeah. Okay, you can mention that. <laughs> I also only really recently, when I was reading through oh, it, found man. out that your balance is slowly supposed to shift back to center throughout the session. Yes. As you're no longer in stressful situations, but we never played it that we way. So that. my no. my balance was just perpetually falling over every session and I was stressed. That is something we yeah. will do a bit better in the next campaign is balance. It's something we didn't do. Mm. I, I, I didn't do very like well as the GM. Stuff. Exactly. We will. There will be a much better focus focus on, on balance and and as Bree said like blending the role play to the roles it's where avatar legends shines it's where the system yeah. really distinguishes itself um the balance mechanic is just it's so tricky because yeah. like especially for you as a gm because like if i do something that leans more towards trust like okay you guys can go off and do that i'll go over here that's trust that should be a step towards trust but 
you would have to keep so much track of everyone's balance, what everyone's doing at every step of the way and saying, okay, yeah. that was good enough for you to be able to step that way. Like it's kind of like inspiration, but on steroids. Yeah. If we kept track of it that way, I would have been Oh, you edge. would have fallen off so many times. Yeah, I yeah. would be yeah. chaotic. Like. So something I'm going to do Rome is have screenshots of your balance <laughs> yeah. on my little... I've got like a little reference guide I keep up at all times. I'm going to add mm. screenshots of your next character's balance to see what you're between. And at the end of every session, I'm going to update it and just take a new screenshot oh, and put it in good. place. And that way I can kind of keep yeah. a bit of a... And, and help you guys out. But, but the other thing is, well, right, remind me, if you think you've done something to get your balance back... Like make mm. a point of saying it and go like I, I'm I'm trying my best to be trustful. Is that is, am I am I being trusting in this situation? Yes, you are. Move it back one. Like we'll. Yeah. I think it's something we can do. We can do as a team. We can we can. Mm. Yeah, this is a team. I think me yeah, and I feel like that's already fun. giving the whole session. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. like th- there was moments where I was more forgiving, but then there was like Chin Village, and that set me over yeah. the edge. Yeah. Because that should have set you over the edge. Because I didn't... one time. It may have no, been 20, two times. 20 things. Two times. But like each time. Was like, <laughs> because one time. Which is like, I was like, Roku. We just met Roku. That's a really big step. They can't get away with this at this point. Yeah. 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 And also like rolling with our balances and using those balance moves is something that we all kind of need to learn a bit better, I think. To really be able to play into it. Yeah, and we will we will have We've a bit of a play around with that. Defend and maneuver and uh, <laughs> attack. That's all we got, right? Evade and observe. <laughs> that's all, that's um, all we got. Yeah, evade got... and observe is really good for getting rid of fatigue. Yeah, when we're all dying and we're all yeah. just evading yeah. and observing every single session. <laughs> We've got a few more questions. I'll power through these ones really quickly. Yeah. Um, was there a scenario where the PCs could get back to their original timeline? How could this have happened? Um, yes, if they had just let it uh, the timeline expire. They would have they would have immediately been pushed back into the the original point just before the wish was made um and the whale spirit would no longer be there. yeah yeah um and then, and then yeah, yavu so. would have yavu would have had to have found another way to to get through um which he was already working on with the keel um from michelangelo 2468 what happened to brother pion did he turn against the guiding wind and crimson goose asked a very similar question after seeing how disillusioned the guiding wind became did Pion leave, or would he have broken off to make his own sect that held the general ideas of guidance and teaching, acting as a mentor rather than a radical group? Were Both. these questions on YouTube? Or they... uh, YouTube, private message, um, in That's the Twitch, awesome. Discord. Uh, people people got them to me in many different ways. Uh, carrier so Pigeon. Yeah. I was going um, to something similar. Yeah, that's good. They're good questions. Um, what happened to Brother Pion? Did he turn against the Guiding Wind? No. Brother Pion, I actually like the the point Crimson Goose makes up of Pion. Pion, <laughs> Pion would he adhere to the original uh, guidelines of the Guiding Wind? Would he take it back into a much less radical group? I actually really like that. Um, my original idea for Brother Pion is that that group he was with were particularly radical. As soon as he kind of realised how deep he was in it, he took the tablet and ran at the first opportunity. Um, back to his original mentor, one of the the four leaders of the Guiding Wind. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that now because the Guiding Wind have a lot of opportunity in the next campaign to have some big moves and some big plays. So I'm actually not going to discuss too much about that. But, so, um, yeah, okay. but, he did go back with, but he did go back with the tablet. That was my next thing. Like, did he actually go back with it? or I'm really sorry. Just- Yes, brother. Brother Pion, while while partly convinced to help you, wasn't about to abandon 
decades of indoctrination into the guiding winds just because you guys were nice to him this one or two times. <laughs> so he, he's, his loyalty was to the leaders of the guiding winds uh, at the very end. So What a disappointment. What, what a disappointment. Crap. What about the Jedi? So Pion, Pion uh, did go back to the original, the original, not the original, but it went back to the four leaders, the four current leaders of the guiding wind. We will get to see more about them. Um, I do li- like the idea of him becoming a bit of a teacher and a mentor in between them. He was always really like charismatic and, and he was a bit of a recruiter for the Guiding Wind. So I'm going to say that he kind of goes back to that. I think that kind of makes a lot of sense for uh, for Pion. Um, what tablet did the party break in the Swamp Tree? Yavu answered in the final. Yep. But did Pion actually save this tablet from Captain Britain? Um, not fully saved it. That tablet had already been partially damaged and broken. Pion did take the fragments he had back to the Guiding Winds. Um, there's a little bit more I want to explain. <laughs> Dave's so salty about Pion. I'm so sorry, mate. <laughs> you believed in trying to save I know, you really did. No, you really, really did. And um, there's there's still an opportunity for Al to save Pion. I think he's not... still biased towards us a little bit, so I think it's okay. Yeah, no, definitely. 100%. He still, he still very much sees you guys in a very positive light, so there's still opportunities for you guys to, to recover Pion. Um, the next question was related. How many tablets are there? Does every spirit have one? Yes. Oh. I think it makes sense for all of the major spirits to have one of those scale tablets. Um, so each of the four elemental spirits would have one. Each of the, the main spirits would have one. Um, Rava and um, Vatu, I imagine, would both have one as well. The uh, light spirit and dark spirit, the avatar spirit and the dark avatar spirit. I really like that idea. It was one of the ideas I really liked. I hope it doesn't bend the lore too much. It just adds something fun and new into the into the background of it. But yes, there are tablets for each of the spirits, and I'm going to share tonight who made them. Avatar One is the Makes one sense. who made each of the spirit tablets. Uh, Bree, yes, question. Would those be in the spirit world still, or do you think they would have been like they're protected by Wanchi Tong as part of the library? Uh, I don't want to give too much away because you may, you guys may want to do stuff with the tablets All in the next the campaign. Above. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you now that the tablets are scattered and lost. Yeah, okay. They can be found in a number of locations. Archie. Um. So, with you mentioning um Avatar One. Hello. <clears throat> does that bring us into what our next next campaign is going to be? I know you're very keen for an Avatar 1 campaign. We can definitely do another interlude campaign with Avatar 1 between book 2 and book 3. Um, I have a tentative name for book 3 because I am a psychopath apparently who can't do anything better with my time than come up with uh, stories for Avatar Legends. So book 2 is going to be Oncoming Storm. Book 3, Tides of Change. We could do an Avatar 1 in between book 2 and book 3. If you'd like to. one's Earth. What's the Earth one? I've got a few. I've got a few different different ones in my mind for it. Um, the forerunner at the moment is uh, something to do with like the rubble or broken or. I, I like the idea of it being Ooh. like set so after almost, the attack on the yeah, uh, animation. Yeah, almost like a um, not a prequel, but like uh, epilogue, almost like an epilogue kind of like book. It's it's like the fallout of the Air Nation being destroyed. And it's going to mm-hmm. be uh, if Arl's still around, Arl on the run uh, as a result. Yeah, of the- don't worry, Arl. I got your back. 
I'm good. Yeah. So I'm still I'm still workshopping the name of book four, but I very much like Oncoming Storm for book two, which is air, because obviously we had Embers of War, which is fire, air, which is book two, Oncoming Storm, uh, water for Tides of Change, and then Earth for for book four. I'll come I'll come up with a really good name in the meantime. I've been playing around with a few names, but Archie, you really want to do an Avatar one campaign during that period? Done. Yeah. Yeah, Done. for sure. Done. We'll do it in between. We'll do it in between two and three. How does that sound? There'll be no benders. No, no, there will be. But you can change your you can change your bending style by going to the line turtles. That'd be cool. I'm in. We could even do it pre Avatar One. That's Maybe what, when I think that was another one we we're gonna like. I think that's what we about, talked like, about as well. It was we're one like, of the things we, we just about. we're actually learning from them, and we're like we don't know anything else. Yeah, that like, could be interesting. Um, Dave. Last, yeah. certainly not least, was there a particular moment or event that helped you dive into the campaign and your character of Arl? Yeah, um, it was actually pretty early. Um, I don't know if Sweet. you remember, there was the episode where I, um, the person, not me, when I filled in, <laughs> yes. um, and I, as in me, was away for that week. Um, and then the week I got back, there was a little like prologue about Al's journey through the desert. Yes, to catch up with your friends. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think before that, because it was just the crowd, I was just trying to fit in where I where I could fit in, um, and having that little like um, solo time uh, made me really just feel more of the character. If that makes sense. So like, yeah. you know, by, by the time he got to the desert, like he'd been through a lot. He was like dehydrated he had a bit of a cry when he entered the town he was so happy to see everyone yeah um and when i role played that i felt a lot more like <clears throat> what i imagined like 16 year old al <clears throat> nomad who's never really had an adventure before um would feel and i think from there you know shortly after i gaslit a woman and you know shortly after that we did some other stuff so like i think it was approaching the cultural hub of the desert uh, that kind of like really was where I got into the character, which by the sounds of it was actually relatively early uh, compared yeah. to other. People, so it's it's interesting. Um, I, I I thought um, I, I sort of got the vibe you guys were really into your characters uh, a lot sooner than I think uh, than I think I, I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Andrew, go. <laughs> it's, I, no, it's actually when I had my one-on-one talk with Sherva. I, I was thinking about that as well when you were starting to fear yeah. what would happen if the wish reversed and things like that like we yep. had that that That's moment probably when actually happened because i'm like that makes more sense you you went from being like your adult self to being exactly what marco would have been which was a scared teenager who has no idea what's going on mm-hmm. what he's doing yeah yeah and what's gonna I, happen yeah that's a really yeah that's the a consequences really got point. real heavy that day oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got another good question. What would have happened if Akila didn't find the scroll to imprison Yavu? I think they mean the tablet. What other ways could Yavu have been defeated? That comes from Crimson Goose. Um, yeah, uh, that definitely made it much easier to seal Yavu away. And it actually was very vital in Akila and the next step for him. I, I don't think it's... I think most people have kind of figured out that when spirits in Avatar The Last Ebony, when spirits in the Avatar world die, often those who have their essence or a strong connection to them take their place. So when Akila 
when when you guys weakened Yavu enough that Akila was then able to to break Yavu. Akila had the strongest connection to Yavu at that point, which is why we got a little epilogue with Akila in the Spirit Wilds. Would you have been able to defeat Yavu without the tablet? Absolutely. 100%. It could have been just a standard combat encounter. You guys had already done some phenomenal damage. Like, towards the end, when you were really getting a bit of a handle on your abilities, plus unlocking moments of balance, um, that turned that big boss fight very, very quickly against Yavu. Very quickly. Um, you'd already proven your combat prowess against uh, Yugon Dyson, the, uh, <laughs> the combustion bender, <laughs> which to this day is the greatest name. Thank you, thank you, obviously, uh, to uh, to chat for uh, using channel points to create Yugon Dyson. Um, outstanding. Um, actually, we do have a, we do have some questions about Yugon, which I will get to in a minute. There were some questions about um, the uh, about the combustion bender, so I will I will touch on that. Um, but yeah, there were many ways they could have defeated uh, defeated Yavu. If they had gone to the four elemental spirits in the spirit wilds, they could have recruited them to help. Because obviously, the four oh, elemental spirits are still in the wilds. That's, that's, a, that's a way to think about it. You could have asked for some help from them. I mean, you'd just, you'd just appease them and formed a connection with them. I, yeah. Oh, the have. fuck, Drew? That would have been so fun. We're dumb. You could have been doing that instead of like communing with Roku about things you didn't know shit about. <laughs> um, so that that was an option you know, too. Going um, to Chin Village and pushing the mayor off of. No, yeah, that was worth it. Okay, that was important. <laughs> Very important. Yeah, well. Hey, I went and just did practical jokes on that on that guy. Right? And apologize and apologize for pushing someone down some stairs. Um, no, so the, so the, 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 I I imagined a couple of different ways that you could sort it. I did also see a scenario where you were able to actually change. Yavu's mind. So I, I don't want to go into too much balance. Yeah, I think that you were already we doing were it. Very close to pushing yeah. him off balance. Yeah, you were yes. very close to pushing Yavu off balance, and testing his balance in that way was really good, especially using your moments of balance to help that happen. Because normally, like the way those epic NPCs are designed, is that they're, they're very hard to kind of convince against. Like it's very hard to change their their mind. They they've already kind of fallen off balance to become villains, right? Like that's what has happened. They've gone so far in one direction, there is no balance anymore. But at his core, Yavu is a reflection of Uva. Um, one of the questions related to Uva, we only really touched on Uva very, very late in the campaign. That was one of the tablets you found, which was the opposite of Yavu, where Yavu was in the spirit wilds, Uva was in the material plane. I don't want to go into too much detail about Uva because I feel like there's a lot more we can explore there in the next campaign, but Uva is a light spirit in the same way Yavu is a dark spirit, whereas Yavu is a spirit of the time in the spirit wilds. Uva is the spirit that governs time in the material plane. So we didn't get to see too much with Uva, but oh. they... Yeah. So that actually flows nicely onto one of the other questions, which was, um, did Uva die by Marco? Uh, when or how did this happen by Captain Britain? Uva did not die by Marco. Uva is not dead. Um, but Uva was severely weakened by someone making a wish that undid part of time. So Uva spent most of the campaign very, very weak. If after learning about Uva from the tablet, you had tried to seek out Uva, I kind of had a scenario in mind where you even recruit Uva to help you. And one of you for a time 
takes Uva on as an avatar of Uva, which wouldn't have given you the bend, all the different bendings, but would have given you something a little bit different with spirit bending. And I had a bit of an idea about how that might look if you'd sought out Uva, but I didn't know how to incorporate it. And then you guys never, ever uh, even thought about that again. So I never had to worry. <laughs> we didn't even think that recruiting spirits Nah, man. They're all out of this. Yep. Yeah, so like, it's like finishing a game. I was like, on oh. a very much mindset of if if I fucked up time, she's very mad. Dave, don't don't panic, Dave. Uva was mentioned twice when? from one of the tablets. When? Um, right towards the end, I think in like the yeah, third or third last. Uh, episode. The, it was. Uh, it was almost uh, just like a throwaway comment kind of thing. Like, yeah. With the, yeah, with yeah. the jackal. Um, there'd been no... Because the way you'd ex, the way you guys had explored the story, Uva just had not organically come up. I chucked in a few hints of Uva. One was on the mural in the fire temple, the fire sage mm. temple. Um, another one was in the mural way back at the water tribe temple as well. I described the the light spirits and dark spirits. But but again, like it, it, it didn't grab your attention as much as other things. And so I never had a chance to explore it. And it wasn't one of those things where I wanted to force it. It would sound too ham-fisted. And at that point, I wasn't really sure how I wanted to play with that as well. I thought it might get a bit too confusing having the two competing spirits. I also didn't want to copy Legend of Korra too much because that's very much the plot of the um, third season of Legend of Korra? Second season of Legend of Korra. Sure. Is it the first season? Like the first you. season's The Bloodbender um, and The Equalists. I think it's the second season. Second is Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. So it is that then, because it's Unalok and um, yeah. Vatu and Ravi. So I didn't, I didn't want to copy too much of that, obviously. I wanted to have something new and interesting. And so, I, yeah, you guys never, as I said, the way I run games, if you guys don't bite the hooks, if you don't take the bait, I won't rebait the same hook more than sort of once or twice. I'll immediately move on to tastier bait and let you take that instead and uh, and whatever whatever you tell me you like and whatever you get into i'm just going to give you more of that i'm going to keep serving that delicious food up so yeah uva we we only had a chance to really touch on uva briefly um uva wasn't dead but was severely weakened because of marco's wish um as a result of that so yeah we'll definitely definitely see a bit more of that later on um this is an interesting question since we learned in this canon that the symbol on combustion benders foreheads is the mark of yavu how would that line up in canon since he was sealed away and we get too much later in the season um i think this is my fault i didn't do a good enough job describing the combustion bender symbol because it was all happening so quickly and i wanted to keep it dynamic um yugon had the normal combustion bender symbol and then black tentacles around it so he didn't have the it wasn't it wasn't that yavu was the source of all combustion benders Unless that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> In which case, <laughs> I'm happy to pretend that was my plan all along and that actually all combustion vendors have the, the tattoo as a reference to um, as a reference to Yavu. Maybe this is actually a kind of cool callback because it looks like a third eye and Yavu's main, like the main features of Yavu were the massive central eye with the surrounding eyes. So, Archie. Uh, I just, just for reference, I just posted that picture um, in the Discord on the which, Avatar chat. Which picture? The the picture of the uh, combustion bender eye. The, the, oh, the, the, the picture of Yavu. Yeah. Thank you for that. Where did where did we get that image from again? Did I make that? Right, you gave it to me, Dad. I think I might have drawn that. Did I draw that? God, it's so bad that I can't even remember that I drew that. Now I'm looking at it like I maybe maybe I did draw it. I don't know where else you would have gotten it from. <laughs> I think maybe I drew it. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's uh, for those of you who want to see. So that this would have been scene. kind of what that 
would have looked like. Yeah, with the eye, the combustion bender eye in the very center. Um, yeah. Let me just double check. Or maybe I got this from somewhere online. I got this from somewhere online. This was a, oh, I know where this is from. This is the, the picture of cryptics from um, Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. There's a, um, this is a long aside, which we don't have time for now, but if you want to read a really good fantasy series, go check out um, Brandon Sanderson's uh, Way of Kings or Mistborn series. Either one, just start it. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, let's let's say then, let's say head, uh, headcanon then that um, actually that all of the combustion benders use the symbol as a, as a reference, they don't know where it comes from. Maybe, maybe they don't all know that it comes from Yavu, but they tattoo themselves with that image, uh, thinking that it's from. Yeah, I need to sort out the Discord uh, exclamation mark. Sorry, Bree. Um, Disappointed. Yeah, um, th- that maybe that is where the combustion benders get that symbol from is a reference to um, uh, Yavu, and yeah, exactly. Draconic Corvus, Dr- Draconi, Draconic Corvus. Uh, maybe it did become simplified over time. Maybe that's right. We've had a chirpy reference. <laughs> Lito, Lito Torres, uh, I was going to say, what happened to Chirpy? Chirpy, uh, oh, Chirpy, we left him on Kyoshi Islands. He's having a great time on Kyoshi Islands. Um, that was one of my favorite commands to make. And it was yeah, like, Rung has remembered Chirpy this many days total in the campaign. <laughs> It's fantastic. And then we just changed it because Rung was gone for one session. We're like, ah, we're leaving Chappie behind now. Yep, he's gone. Yeah, Chappie. See how long it takes him to notice. Chappie needed a bit of life. Too long. Uh, This is an interesting question from Tabu. What's the bounty for the players now? Are they considered heroes or does the general population not know what happened? Yeah. I don't think a lot of the general population would know what happened, but there are a lot of key people who do. Um, at each different location, the team um, made friends. They made um, allies with uh, with some very key important people within each of the the um, nations, except for the Fire Nation. Um, I guess Marco's dad kind of counts as that. So, um, <laughs> oh, and um, Draconic Corvus uh, is Crimson Goose. That makes sense. I uh, I do remember that. I uh, I had forgotten briefly. Um, yeah. So so there were a lot of very important people. You guys connected with who who you assisted who assisted you who do know that you are heroes the wanted posters immediately disappeared with the new timeline so there was no bounty anymore because that was general Zhao who put that out with marco's father not captured and alive and very much well um that never happened the, there was no bounty set up for you dave with the uh ex up in the north would you have given it to you would the seer oh um Oh, what was the seer's name again? Um, I've got it here. I, I don't know my notes. Anymore. That's right. I've got it. I've got it here. This is this is my job to know this one. Um, where are we? Um, uh, Tarnok. 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 Or Tira. Yeah. Tarnok. Um, would he have forgiven yeah. Akila? Uh, yes, I think he probably would have, especially learning about what Akila did since then, all the growing that Akila went through, I think definitely uh, Tarnok would have forgiven given Akila, 100%. Cool. So, so so next time next time he's uh, meditating, you know, uh, Akila, you reach out to him. Well, like, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting question, isn't it? That's something interesting. You want to learn how to bond Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting question. So Akila's bloodbending was connected to the prison holding Yavu captive. Is this because Akila got the power to bloodbend from Yavu or would any bloodbender have affected Yavu's prison? No, uh, only Akila because Akila's power was given to him by Yavu. It was the connection he had to Yavu. The, it wasn't even specifically the bloodbending per se that was important. It was the connection 
that Aquila had to Yavu. And because Yavu was more than happy to tie that that link to Aquila through the gifting of a special bending type, that was how it how it manifested. So yeah, um, it was his own demise in the end. It, well, hundred percent. Like, and that's that's kind of a, an important theme, right? Is that often we are the architects of our own downfall. Uh, so that I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so we've answered that question. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> you're a shit. Can Owen describe what a dragon turtle is? He accidentally said dragon turtle instead of lion turtle during one of the last two episodes, and we all need to hear one last wacky, weird, unworldly description of a hybrid animal. Thanks, Captain Britain. Um, yes, rather coincidentally, at the same time you guys were dealing with lion turtles, our Return of the Giants campaign had a dragon turtle in it. So, um, given that those days are back to back, yes, Brie. Wouldn't they just look kind of like a Lapras? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yep. So the lion turtles look a lot like a Lapras, <laughs> but a, a much more squat head, um, set, like not as long a neck and uh, a slightly shorter tail. And uh, A dragon turtle would just be... Oh, lapis, dragon right? turtles. Uh, dragon turtles are much more horrific looking. They've got like these, oh. like imagine like a giant snapping turtle, essentially. Why does everything have to be horrific with It's you? not my fault. No, this is the... This is They're the, not horrific. He said... He Chappy. said in the first session that all of his, because he is God, yeah. all of his things are beautiful creatures. Exactly. So, so uh, the lion turtle. So, so. And then he made Chirpy. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will have to. Creature. I will have to describe. The only, the yeah, only beautiful one was the duck deal. Just saying. Yeah, duck. Oh, yeah. the duck deal. That was only because <laughs> only because <laughs> Ali drew it <laughs> by ignoring my instructions and made it oddly sexy. Um, yes. So sexy. It was so. Can, yeah. can yeah, I describe a dragon turtle in Avatar Legends? Yes, because dragons in Avatar Legends have the long necks. I'm going to say, imagine it's like a Lapras, but uh, it's got the, the tiny legs of the dragon, tiny legs of the Chinese dragon, the massive elongated shell body of a turtle, um, and then the long dragon neck and tail uh, coming out the back with that like the hair around okay. it. That's the second good one you've done. Uh, we've got a question, a live question from Westernark. Was there any custom bending? You bet there was. Each time the team appeased a spirit, they were given access to a custom bending type. Um, we had piss cloud bending. piss bending. So we had, we did not have piss bending. So um, <laughs> because because our airbender appeased the spirit of water, um, he was given access to cloud bending, a special form of bending. So essentially, kind of time like a kind of like a weather bending almost, cloud bending and weather bending. Um, our uh, our earthbender rung appeased the spirit of fire and was given access to lava bending legend uh sherva who wasn't a bender um and marco who was a firebender um because they appeased the spirit of air sherva got access to a kind of concussive blast when using uh, fan weaponry and uh marco got access to uh, a very similar kind of like concussive blast attack as well it was a um it was the oh no no sorry it was the the improved like lightning bending apologies it was the yeah, it was the improved lightning bend. The Apologies. sparks came later. Yeah. Um, and uh, Archie already was a bloodbender. <laughs> and then he learned. And then he appeased the spirit of Earth and uh, got access to salt bending, which in my mind I thought would be really cool for making like crystalline armor out of salt. But what Archie did was use it for piss bending. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't see that coming. We had talked so much about piss bending previously. Yeah, like yeah, that's that just a copper bending. Just a blind spot. This was just just a blind spot for me. I thought, I, and I don't know why I would have thought this. I I imagined a level of maturity that wasn't there. Um, From us, he, he, he was thought he was giving us something fun, and then we just threw it back at him. Yes, so it was you. fun. Yep. 
The salt daggers were cool. So so he became a bloodbender and a piss bender. So he became the body body fluids bender, which just does yeah. not sound good. Yeah, there's only, so there's only one more bodily fluid to, to deal with. I don't want to know. Well, so, one um, of those things you want to come out urethra. Andrew, you've got a question. Um, I have a question for you. Oh, no. What was the hardest battle that you thought we had except for the final episode? The hardest battle you guys had? Isn't like the one I, I genuinely was worried for your, your yeah, health and safety? Yeah, the one that you were generally worried about for us. Ooh. Um, the Badger Mole was probably one of the hardest ones. Andrew... <laughs> I'm sorry, I really want to answer your question, but Brandon's camera has, once again, <laughs> the battery has died. That is twice. That's how we know it's been a long, long Q&A session. Yeah. Um, Andrew, uh, yeah, really good question. I think the Badger Mole won simply because, um, unfortunately, the way that kind of kicked off, and you guys picked up on this really quickly, but it could have potentially been really bad because it was a timed battle and because you didn't immediately know what was happening with the Badgermole spirit and with Ruler. That could have gone a couple of different ways. And I had stats for Ruler, which would have been pretty rough to fight. Um, so I, that one probably had the potential to be the hardest battle. But because you guys figured it out really impressively, like really quickly you figured out what was going on and you immediately went straight for the lantern and broke the lantern that was connecting him to the spirit of Earth. I... Yeah, that one had the potential to be the hardest, and I'd set it up to be really quite difficult, but you guys got onto it nice and quick. Bree. Did you kind of already have it decided who was going to get the additional no. bending fur spirit? No, nope. I came up with... It was only kind of like Rung that you were like, ah, you can do that one because you're the last one. No, no, no. If Rung <laughs> at any point had said, I want to appease this spirit instead, I, I, what I wanted, I wanted each of you to get access to a specialized bending type. I thought that'd be really cool. So I wanted that. but And, and I would have I would have strongly encouraged if anyone had been like, I'm going to go for a second one. I would have encouraged you to not do that and mm. not be selfish. Yeah. Um, but none of you did that. You were all lovely. Uh, this I actually feeds into the Earth Spirit. I fucked up because I didn't touch it, but a killer touched it. So I was like, oh, I didn't get a thing because I didn't touch him on this snoot. Ah, oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I had I had actually made a little table of all the different possible custom bending types I thought could have worked with each of the different combinations. Um, At what point did you make this? Uh, as we were going, <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I only thought of the... Uh, when the ice fox that's just only got one option then like so, gets so I down. wrote the rest of them after the first spirit yep. because I only thought of the gift of appeasing the spirits as I was describing the end of that fight yes. that's what I wanted to ask yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was only at that point and I was like ah oh, you need an epic boon for, for appeasing the spirit Arl did the most appeasing Arl what would a water? What would a water spirit gift like the the origin of water bending gift an airbender? Oh, okay, I've got this, and I it was just improvised, and then I then had to come up yeah. with ones for each of you, but I didn't know which ones you'd do, so I had a bit of a play around with different options. That feeds nicely into a question from uh, Crimson Goose, which I'm seeing right now. What custom bending would Oki have gotten? Depends on the spirit Oki appeased. Um, I had a couple of different options. I don't want to go into these too much because I'm going to use these custom bending styles again because they're great and I want to kind of save them as a surprise. But um, uh, if Oki had appeased the fire spirit, I had this idea of steam bending where water benders superheat steam to send out blasts of, of like compressed steam, which I thought could be really cool. I also thought that could potentially work with um, airbenders and who, who, who appease the spirit of fire because then you'd kind of get this like superheated air blast, which could be kind of cool as well. 
Um, so if Oki had gone for the gone for the fire spirit, uh, it would have been something like that, like compressed steam. If it had been the earth spirit, um, I mean that's the salt bending that I came and came up with for Akila. But I was playing around with this idea of um, like a, a version of kind of like the plant bending, where you almost create like a, a mud golem that you then control with both water and earth, which could be kind of cool. Um, I almost did that for Akila, and then I thought that's just going to encourage him to make more puppets, so I didn't. <laughs> um, and then if you'd appeased yeah, yeah, the fun. air spirit, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe something a little bit similar to. Oh no, I do remember. I remember what I was thinking for that one. That one could have been kind of interesting. So one of the things I thought you could do with the the air spirit, air and water together, um, is this almost like a water blade where you compress the water down into a single point and then use the air to super, super, um, uh, super accelerate it so that it becomes like a, a a blast of water with a fire compressed air behind it to create like water bullets or a water blade that would like fire out like a scythe. Like those water cutters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like a water blade. Yeah, yeah. What, what are they called in, um, what would they be? Yeah, I think it's called water blades, aren't they? I don't know, but yeah, one, one of the compressed water guns they used to, to cut very hard items um so yeah there the, the were loads of different options um oki depending on which one you did um ali depending on which one oki did you would have got different different things um probably i would have let you have the mud golem bending i just didn't want akila to have that because the puppets thing was just too much puppets <laughs> maximum puppet um all right we've only got a few questions left let's get through these now do the four primal elemental spirits only come through via the wish by the whale spirit or are there other moments when they would have appeared yes Absolutely. Um, this is from Captain Britain. So it, at the Fire Sage Temple, the party learned that the spirits had appeared a few times before uh, in moments of crisis and when the world is out of balance. So the four spirits, uh, in my mind, in, in the canon of my head, they were around long before Avatar 1. So they're the original benders. And then the, the lion turtles then were able to, to gift and remove and, and play around with uh, the bending powers as a result of the spirit bending that they did. But the original benders that taught the humans bending were these four spirits. Over time, the water tribe have kind of forgotten and they think it was the moon just because all the other ones have animals and the symmetry of the animals. I really like the symmetry of it. So that's why I created the, the fox spirit, the Arctic fox spirit. Um, but yes, the any time the world is in uh, in a severe state of, uh, of misalignment, specifically the spirit wild and the material plane, when there's a, a misalignment of them, I imagine that they manifest themselves once again. Would they have manifested during the Spirit Vine Crisis in Republic City? Yeah, I think they could have. And if we ever do a Legend of Korra series, we could actually have your descendants once again have to deal with the spirits as they come through because of the, the Spirit Vines being unleashed in Republic City. So could be something cool to do with that too. Um, would Owen be willing to disclose the stats, fatigue, techniques, etc. of NPC bosses or mini bosses and primal spirits? I'm curious about Yugon, the lightning firebender, our suffocated ruler and Yavu's techniques. Yes, absolutely. I will chuck them all up on the wiki. Um, otherwise, they are already available as NPCs on um, the uh, Beyond Legends toolkit. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've published them all now. I'll double check. If, if, by the time you watch this on YouTube, they should be up uh, up on there. They're in the homebrew section as homebrew enemies, but I'll also chuck them up on the wiki um, as soon as I can, so you can get access to them. Yes, 100%. I'll share, I'll share all my fun things, of course. Um, now, what are the questions? 
Uh, I vaguely remember Owen talking about Avatar Legends during Tyranny of Dragons and how the system's bending styles worked, and I believe he said that he wasn't sure a tech specialist would be something that fit in world during the pre-Cora campaigns. Yeah. Uh, but this, uh, but Crimson Goose is curious what they might have looked like. Um, maybe during Roku era they'd use traps and smoke bombs. In Atla we saw the Mechanist. Uh, I'd like to see what Owen may have put together as something in between, as it's clear the Fire Nation were trying to build their militant forces, and I think it'd be reasonable to think they have tech-trained people and what it might have looked like for other nations. I think this is a question we can all answer. Yeah, Andrew. I, I, I read that because I've read through them all. Yeah. Um, I thought for the Fire Nation, definitely like the ships, like the metal ships and the sort of, not yet, but the blimps, like yeah. getting there, like their progress. Um, Earth Nation more just... So this is the fighting style the the mechanist fighting style which is one of the the fighting styles we didn't use in uh, embers of war um yep a because i wasn't sure how easily i could fit it in and um j- just because of the timeline we were in and, and, I, and i knew it's funny like it's, it's funny looking back in hindsight now i can't even imagine why i ever thought that it's so obvious how easy it would have been to fit things in i don't know why i had that sudden failing of my imagination in that sudden moment i think probably reading through the books the bending techniques and the fighting technique were so simple. I was like, done. That's it. We're going to use those. Also, I think in the with the original rules we had, it was very different to how yeah, it comes I, across now. I, you could be right. I think the quick start might have been a bit less easy to understand, whereas the updated rules are much more clear. So, yeah, I mean, the smoke bombs is really cool. I mean, you could have things like hand crossbows. You could have things like grappling hooks. You could you could almost have like, um, uh, what would it be? It'd be like... um. Uh, feudal Japan Batman, basically. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, also, I feel like Jen would also be one. Yeah, Jen mm-hmm. definitely would have been. Yeah, because 100%. she could use the paralysis saliva and stuff like that. Yeah, Make yeah. Darts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the Water Tribe, it'd be um, maybe like a harpoon gun that you fashioned uh, on a rope that you could use as a grappling hook. You could use as a weapon. Um, maybe for uh, the Fire Nation, it's things like yeah. I love, I love smoke bombs is really easy. Maybe it's also things like flashbangs. I think gunpowder and explosives for the Fire Nation. Okay, a lot yeah, gunpowder, gunpowder based. I'm items, just imagining yeah. like in um, Atlantis, like the Disney movie, yeah, that yeah. little like mole dude. Oh, I'm imagining yes. him. He he would be like either Fire Nation or Earth Nation. Earth like, Nation. He's got to be the Earth. He has oh, a pile yeah, of all the individual soils that he has in the building. Yeah, but like something like you him have to and like. Dirt. Making the bombs and things yeah. like that. Like, that's how I would imagine tech to work in this era. Like, it, it's not so much the tech that we would associate now yeah. where it's, like, robots and shit like yeah. that, but it's the yeah. art of fashioning your own weapons. Yeah. I've got a question. What would the airbender tech look like? Because that's a tough one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, improved gliders. Steam I- yeah, I would oh, go for like yeah. something like Da Vinci, like different flying devices yeah. and things like that. Yeah, a lot of clockwork. The airbenders yeah. seem like the people who would have the patience, the Simple. the like mental fortitude to design intricate clockwork creations. Yeah, that's a really well, yeah. remember in um I'm pretty sure it's in Atla they yeah. had um that genius guy who lived in the old air temples. Yeah, and, and he was inspired he was like, by the air nomads, yeah. Yeah, and he was, like, constantly creating things, like yeah. flying devices and things like that. Like, that that's, like, what I'm picturing, even though he well, was later. We, we now know, though, even though... He was getting though, the inspiration from somewhere. And he, even though he was an earthbender, an earth nation, we know he had the spirit of airbenders because Aang yeah. said he did, so... 
even um even even in Aang's time, like when they went to the air temples and there was like the the puzzle to open the door with the air yeah. into it and like, yeah. all those mechanisms. Through, so that's yeah. The the problem is all I, I believe. No, no, am I incorrect? There, are there air nomads that can't bend? There are, aren't there? There are, but it's a very low percentage. Yeah. Most yeah. most of the Air Nation were able to to airbend. It was very very small numbers. So yeah. so people would join the Air Nation. They they weren't they they would let people join them. Normally within one or two generations, they'd be producing airbenders. Yeah, because it'd be like someone's partner or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So so Nomu couldn't bend because he was the son of an Earth Nation uh, family who who became air nomads. Yeah. Which is why it like made sense that he worked in the library. Like I would imagine a lot of like their scribes and that that would be kind of the position that non-benders are given. Like they might still work as monks and like help with the meditation and stuff like that, but they can't do as much. So they would be more like working in the kitchens, doing stuff in the library, scribing, etc. Yeah, exactly right. What, exactly, that was Nomu, Mister Library. Yeah. Awesome character. <laughs> Greatest character. Now. The very last question from Crimson Goose. Will the next campaign be similar to canon, like how Embers of War mostly was, or will it have more added stuff like how you did with the island waterbenders? Yes. Um, I am going to introduce uh, new things where I can, but for the most part, I do want to try and fit it into the existing world as we know it. I I will always, with any campaign I do in in, um, Avatar, I will always try and fit it into the existing lore as much as I can. Um, I will make mistakes. I know that I made one or two mistakes about the timeline with uh, the princess, I think it was Princess Azulon, who was uh, a member of the Guiding Wind. I had my timeline slightly mixed up. I was able to get that fixed pretty quickly and I don't. I think I got away with it. Um, but yeah, th- there, there will be times where I don't get it quite right, but I'm going to do a, a lot more new stuff as, as time goes on. I think I've really enjoyed creating new stuff. It will be loads of extra things, but I'll always try and make it fit thematically with the world that we're in and I, I will never rewrite things uh, I'm never going to change things about the world it will only be new stuff that fits in with the existing world as much as I possibly can don't worry if you get it wrong YouTube comments will tell you I'm sure they will yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> so I, it, as long as that's okay with everyone um, there will be loads more new things but they again will always fit thematically in with the world uh, wherever I can as much as possible and and as i said i i never will undo things uh deliberately i may make mistakes and uh accidentally say things that aren't quite correct let me know and i'll fix them up in the next session um but otherwise i'll uh yeah i'll make sure it fits in with the existing law as much as i can well i have reached the end of our questions and we have uh very much reached the end of uh, of our q a stream thank you so much everybody who's joined us it has been lovely having this chat uh massive massive thank you to all the players here tonight it's wonderful that you could all make it it's awesome that you were able to make it back ali for this uh, q a special um really i, I want to make sure that everyone uh, if you're watching this and uh, and you've enjoyed it make sure you hit that like button uh for each of the players because they have been phenomenal i really threw them in the deep end with this campaign we had never seen this uh this rpg system before it's very different to anything we'd ever played before um, and uh, some of you ha- had only seen little bits of Avatar The Last Airbender. Some of you hadn't seen any of The Legend of Korra. Um, so I, I did I did throw you in the deep end with this, uh, but all of you rose to the challenge like I could not have ever expected, and it has been an absolute pleasure. We are definitely going to be having a lot more fun 
with uh, with Avatar Legends in the future. And um, yeah, there's going to be a Kyoshi Kyoshi campaign next, which will be a little interlude campaign before we launch into Book Two, Oncoming Storm. So, I will be releasing the character art for the new characters uh, after Christmas. We're taking a little bit of a break over the Christmas holidays with um, with Avatar Legends. We'll finish up. Um, our Tyranny of Dragons, not Tyranny of Dragons, we'll finish up our uh, Curse of Strahd campaign and our Return of the Giants D&D campaigns uh, next week. The last sessions for those will be next week and then we'll have two weeks off and then I will be back Jan 8th and I will be 30 by that point. So looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be great. GG, I had a good run. I had a good run. People get the third. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> we'll see. I've still got to make it to the 6th of Jan, so we'll see if I make it, hey? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm going to be... There's no restrictions on the player characters. Um, it's going to be uh, any playbook, any bending style. Um, have a little bit of a think over Christmas. I'll get to work on the character art no ASAP. There are rules. There are rules, so many more playbooks to choose from now. Oh, there's yeah, so there's many more so playbooks. Many cool there's like, I think there's now like 30 playbooks. Um, so definitely make sure uh, you guys have a bit of a think. But yeah, unlike unlike Embers of War, where I wanted us to have at least one member of each nation for the Kyoshi campaign, go for it. Also level yourself up twice. And I'm going to send through a list of specialized bending that you may pick from, um, depending on your specific uh, choice of bending. If it's a fighting or mechanist, I have something special for you. Let me know if you pick it and I'll let you know what that is. Because uh, I've got something really fun for that. Brilliant. Well, Andrew. Uh, thank you, Owen. My for pleasure. Putting up with all our shit. My pleasure. It's been <laughs> loads of fun. It's been so much fun. Collective hour. It's been so many. <laughs> Collective hour, mainly me. Thank you, Daddy. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next I, um, season, double the Daddy. Baby. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they forget about that over Christmas. Um, so please, please, no more, Daddy. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Obviously, I don't know. Um, obviously, massive thank you. Uh, there's one more thank you to the lovely audience who've been joining us. Um, you are thank all you. wonderful, wonderful people. It has been an absolute joy and delight having you along for the journey. Um, it's been it's been really, really fun. I, I am so happy that you've enjoyed it. That's all we ever wanted was to have fun and to uh, give you something that you can enjoy as well. If this got you into playing Avatar Legends or any TTRPG, amazing. I'm so happy. Um, if you're still wanting to take the plunge and you're not sure yet, one of the things I am looking at doing next year is hosting some little one-shots um, for people in the community to have a bit of a play with if you wanted to, to get your feet wet and have a bit of fun playing it. Um, I'm still figuring out how that's going to fit in with the schedule. It won't be something we stream or record, so there's no pressure there at all. Just some little fun uh, on-the-side one-shots and things like that to have some fun with with the lovely people who watch this. So I'll keep you posted with that as well how that's going to work, still figuring that out in the background. But massive thank you, all of you. From all of us here tonight, stay safe, stay well. I know you're not going to get your avatar fixed for a couple of uh, couple of weeks, but we do have 120 episodes of Tyranny of Dragons that will definitely tide you over through Christmas, I guarantee it. Um, and we do have our Curse of Stride campaign and our homebrew Return of the Giants campaign as well. You can well, also so rewatch Avatar. As you can well. also rewatch Avatar. Hundred yeah, percent. You can go back and that. see when we all actually started yeah. role playing properly and yeah. see what we were what like you, before. Now, what you so do is you get the playlist when you go to work in the morning. Yeah. Just pop it on the TV. 
but there's loads of content and uh if you if you if you don't hate the sound of my voice by the end of this session uh i've also recorded some let's plays some by myself some with these lovely people there's a, a lovely phasmophobia stream uh and series that dave and i did uh called ghost hunting for interns yeah. That was a lot of fun where we had two people who were very into phasmophobia teach us how to play and we did it all in role as if they were as if we were interns being taken around for what we thought was an electrician internship um that's one of the most creative ideas i've ever had for a let's play it was really fun and we need to do more stuff like that i've Loads never played arc but i own arc so if people want to teach me we how to play do. that we could do oh Ooh, my god that'd be really fun just Unfortunately, they have shut down all the servers. You would have to rebuy Ark now. No, no, no. There's, 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 there's other servers you can use. It's just all the official ones. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, everybody. Stay safe. Stay well. And we will see you all again really soon. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Farewell. Bye. Love you all.